everybody. Thanks for being with us today. Welcome into Undisputed and an entirely packed show. I'm Jen Hale. This is Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, good morning. Well, just when I thought it was safe to say my Dallas Cowboys had another gimme this Sunday against the Bears, who are just the Lions in disguise, that happened last night in New England, and I think that Justin Fields just turned into Jalen Hurts. I think the Cowboys defense is a little better than the Patriots. I don't know about you, though. Really? I kept hearing that Belichick's vaunted defense, blah, blah, blah. They just gave up 243 yards rushing. Congratulations. He doesn't have the same level of players that he had when Brady was there. Oh, really? Oh, funny how that happened. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Seymour's in the Hall of Fame. Ty Law's in the Hall of Fame. The guy in the Hall of Fame was on that defense. Let's go, guys. (laughs) Let's jump right into this Monday night football matchup. Bill Belichick said he told both Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi to be ready to play versus the Chicago Bears last night, as Skip was talking about. Jones got the start, but man, really quickly replaced by Zappi early in the second quarter after he threw an interception. Belichick said the interception did not have anything to do with the benching, though. Zappi led the team to two quick TDs to take the lead but followed it up with two interceptions, a 33-14 to loss for the Patriots. Shannon, do you believe Belichick planned to play both quarterbacks last night? And if so, do you like that plan? I don't like the plan, but I do believe he planned to play both quarterbacks, Skip. I think uh, Adam Schefter tweeted that you could possibly see both quarterbacks. I think Mike Reese, also uh, a beat writer for the uh, the New England Patriots, who is plugged into the Patriots as anyone, he tweeted, don't be surprised if you see both quarterbacks. I do believe Coach Belichick planned to play both quarterbacks, Skip, but he's creating a problem that he didn't need. Now you might probably, I believe you have a crisis with confidence with both quarterbacks. Skip, I'm not saying that. That Bailey Zappi, Bailey, yeah, Bailey Zappi did an unbelievable job filling in for Mac Jones when he was injured with a high ankle sprain. I believe that I believe Mac Jones probably rushed back because he saw the way Bailey Zappi was playing. But Z- uh, uh, Zappi hour didn't last very long. As mm. a matter of fact, they didn't even charge cover because they knew it wasn't going to end uh, mm. uh, go very long. Yep. And now it's time to return to the Mac. I think Mac Jones deserves to be the starter. Skip, they make it seem like Mac Jones was just a bum last year. Mm. He did go 10-7. and seven. He did take them to the playoffs. Mm. He threw 22 touchdowns. He did go to the Pro Bowl. Does that not matter, Coach Belichick? He went to the Pro Bowl by default, as you know. Everybody's going by default. All right. So let's let's not pretend. But, Skip, look at his numbers in college. Bailey Zappi has not lost a fumble in each game he's played in New England. At at, uh, FCS Houston Christian University, he threw 39 picks in 37 games. Mm. So what is it? Normally, if you have Jameis Winston, what did Jameis do in college, Skip? Mm. He was a turnover machine, right? Yep. Okay. At, At Western Carolina, at Western Kentucky, he threw 11 interceptions in 14 games. The Patriots have the second most turnovers this season, 15. Coach Belichick said after the game that it wasn't based on performance than what it was. Mm. Because you didn't go back to Mac Jones? No, although he said the game got so out of hand it wouldn't have been fair to throw him back into that. It wasn't fair to Mac Jones that you took him out after he threw the one in the second Totally agree, so, thank you. So, so now all of a sudden you care about fair. I thought that's where they judged pigs and you rolled the Ferris wheel and ate cotton candy. That is correct. Is that the fair? Yeah. Now all of a sudden, Coach, Bel- Skip, Coach Belichick is about fair? Since when? Mm. When did this come about? Mm. I believe he's creating a problem. He's creating a beast he didn't need. He doesn't need. So now what do you do? You got two young quarterbacks. One's in his first year, the other's in his second year. And confidence is one of the most important things that a quarterback can have. got it. And if you zap it as the head coach, I don't know how, I don't know how and when the guy can get it back. I so know. I disagree with this decision. Yep. I disagree with how he's done. 
Now, Skip, you see, the thing is that, see, here's the thing with Coach Belichick. What has he done? He had the most important quarterback controversy ever, and he was right. Drew Bledsoe got hurt. Tom Brady comes in. Drew Bledsoe's healthy. Tom Brady stays in, and we know what happened. Yep. That's a once in a life. Somebody else might create that situation. You're never going to get that again, Coach Belichick, so stop trying. Mm. Stop trying to recreate the wheel that you created. It's not going to happen again. I disagree with this decision. I totally disagree with this decision. Anybody who knows anything about the sport that you played would disagree with this decision because history would scream at Coach Belichick, and he does know football history because he wants to dominate it. He wants to pass Papa Bear George Hallis, and he thought that was going to happen last night, and it did not, so they remain tied in victories as he pursues Coach Shula's all-time Victory record. Yeah, once you get that record, Tiff, ain't nobody catching that record. Okay, but what what do we all know? What what have you gone through during your days in Denver with, with two quarterbacks? Who, who was it? Uh, let's see. It was Tommy Maddox and Sean Moore. And Sean Moore. Okay, so if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. That is the oldest cliche in all of football at any level, down to high school or Pop Warner. Right. If you have two, you have none. Right. It's the hardest position to play in. Any sport, and to your point, it's all about faith in and confidence building in that quarterback. And what he did to Mac Jones last night was career-threatening. Yeah. It's just hard to come to bounce back. And I know my, Mac's a tough kid. With the, he's, he's tough-minded. He, he did go get coached hard at Alabama. He, he got coached hard, and he had to fight his way through Jalen Hurts and fight his Tua. way through Tua. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we got that. Here's the bottom line to what last night was. This was the classic case of Bill Belichick on the Monday night football stage saying, let, let me repolish my quote unquote totally genius. Agree. Let I me totally. reprove it. <laughs> let me show you I'm not the smartest man in, in just my room. I'm the smartest man in the yep. history of this league. I agree. I can get away with this because I'm Bill Belichick and you're not out there in football land. Yes. Watch what I pull off. I've got a plan in place. I'm going to go to Bailey Zappi because he might be Brady Zappi. I'm I'm starting to get the feel that my fourth-round pick just might be the answer to my salvation question here in New England post-Tom Brady. You questioned Mac Jones' arm strength. Bailey Zappi is two-tenths lower than Mac Jones' arm strength. Okay, there was a reason he was a fourth-round pick. Just, again, how the NFL swung and missed on Tom Brady or Joe Montana in the third round, I'll never know. They do swing and miss. Yeah. But Tom Brady is six feet, four inches tall. Correct. And Tom has what I would call an above-average arm Correct. with extraordinary accuracy. And right. you could see it at Michigan. You could see it in the bowl game he got to play against Alabama in the Orange Bowl, which right. I watched from start to finish. I said, man, that kid's pretty good. Yes. And yet he wasn't allowed by Lloyd Carr to win the job at Michigan. Don't get me started. <laughs> but the point is, Bailey, quote, Brady Zappi is six feet tall. How many passes got batted? You think Baker Mayfield had a problem in Carolina? I I don't know. It just seemed like every other pass was getting batted at the line of scrimmage. One got batted and picked, and then he threw almost what was a pick six, but Tyquan Thornton ran him down. Yeah, it was six-foot-tall skip with a below-average arm. And I think the thing was with Joe Skip, Joe size. Joe was 6'2". He didn't have the strongest arm, but he went into a system that didn't require the arm talent, the West Coast system. Let me get the ball in the guy's hand. Okay, Jerry. Okay, John Taylor. You guys go make it happen. And we know what this system has done. It's flourished. Okay. 
I, I'm sorry, I am not buying that that Bill Belichick had a plan in place to play both quarterbacks. You cannot tell me that if Mac Jones hadn't taken the ball the first two times he had it and gone down and scored touchdowns and it was 14 nothing, he's not going to go to Bailey Brady Zappy, right? <laughs> he's not going to do it. How, how can he, he? He would look like an even bigger fool than he looked last night. Yes. The, the, the point is that he saw the opening because he went three and out, three and out, interception. Right. And he said, I'm going to the kid because the kid's got some magic about him. It's mm -hmm. going to be zappy hour, and I'm going to get him all <laughs> excited. And as Dan Shaughnessy wrote in the Boston Globe in this morning's paper, he, he, he compared it to, he said, Gillette was rocking to its foundation. And here came Bailey Zappi taking the Patriots from 10 to nothing down to a 14 to 10 lead. The golly G kid completed four, four passes for 97 yards, 30 yard touchdown pass to Jacoby Myers, 43 yard bomb to Devonte Parker. And he made reference to, it felt like, wait a second. Is it another Tom Brady coming out of nowhere? Well, that second lasted about a second because right. then he started to get exposed. Right. And bad went to worse. And they suffered one of the most ignominious defeats that they've ever suffered on Monday Night Football, this side of that debacle in Kansas City in 2014 when Brady then they rebounded to go beat the Seattle Bowl. in the Super Bowl. But, but this, felt, this felt even worse because, as I just mentioned, the, 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 they allowed the Bears to run for 243 yards. And Mac Jones didn't look very good. And Bailey Zappi looked worse. Right. And all of a sudden, you have two quarterbacks, and it feels like you yeah, have no. none because you've damaged the confidence. You, you've damaged the, 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 the sort of the longevity factor of Mac Jones because you had committed to him. You, right. you, you took him in the draft. He fell down to right. you, but you still took him fairly high in the first right. round. Yeah. And they did go to the playoffs, albeit at Buffalo, and they lost 47 to 14. But they did go 10 and 7. And I thought, well, do you believe in him or not? Then we heard all the speculation, all the, the leaking stories about that the humble kid from Alabama had turned into an uncoachable diva. Right. We, we read all those stories. I don't know what's going on behind right. closed doors, but it felt like, it sounded like Belichick was starting to sour a little bit on Mac Jones. It was reported that they wanted him to have the tightrope surgery for the high ankle sprain. He got a second opinion, decided yep. against it. And Skip, I think any quarterback would be, hold on, wait a minute. I'm in my second year. This is an important year for me to make sure I don't have a sophomore slump. And you get me two guys that's never called plays on the offensive side? Who the hell are these guys? I think any quarterback that's worth anything would have the very same questions that Mac Jones had. Who the hell is Matt Patricia? Who the hell is Joe Judge to call plays? They've never called plays from an offensive standpoint before. They've never been on the offensive side of the ball. And so now this Joe is, Judge was a special teams coach, and obviously Matt Patricia was always defensive coordinator. Right, right. and so – I, I have no idea. That is lunacy. That's Belichick trying to say, watch me. I can do it this way. I still believe that somehow surreptitiously that Belichick He's is calling, calling the plays. <laughs> I, I don't really know. His son is calling the defensive signals, and that did not work out last night because Justin Fields made some plays on them. I, I was as shocked by that turnaround as I think I've ever been, especially on a big stage game where it felt like, it was zappy hour, and then all of a sudden I look up, and it's 33-14 to 14 right. Chicago Bears. Well, they did a little something, Skip, and what we talked about last week. Do what they did in college. Get some design runs. 
what did they do? Had design run. They got into a stack formation, blocked down, pulled a tackle around, and here come Justin Fields with the football. Hey, he just, there he, he goes with the football. You just run like student body left, and, and he would go just loop around the end and run. And, he, then on, and on third down, Skip, I don't know what the hell New England was thinking. No. You think if you run past this guy, he's not going to jump out the window? Yeah. The guy is 4-4. And guess what? How many times did he pick up a first down with his legs, Skip? Oh, and I'm not talking about no third and three. I'm talking about third and 11, third and 15. Yep. I mean, look at what they were on third down. You go 60% on third down and you have that many third down conversions? Yeah. What were they like, 11 of 18? Skip, 11 of 18? That's a lot of third That's a lot of third downs. And you pick up 11 of them? Yeah, you're going to get beat. And you, they can't look at how long, how long they had the ball. 37 minutes to your 22. 37 to 22? Are you kidding me? And and you commit four turnovers to their one on Monday night football. Mm -hmm. So I look back at, okay, you shut out the Lions when they were riding fairly high on offense. And then you beat the Cleveland Browns, and that's looking like less and less of a victory. So those were your two. Right. And all of a sudden, you get exposed at home on Monday night football, and you're three and four. And Belichick said after the game, he thought playing the quarterbacks the way he did was the best thing to do based on the situation. What's well, situ- the, the situation is you're three and four. Right. So I, I have no idea what you're talking about. And by the way, as, as Shaughnessy said in his piece, it, it, this preposterous insistence after the game that he was planning to play two quarterbacks regardless of their performance. I, I'm sorry. If you believe that, you believe that Coach Belichick's a genius and I don't. I, I agree with you, Skip. I believe he went into the game saying that if something happened, maybe he predicted this would happen and he would have to go to Bailey Zappi. But I agree with you. I agree with Don Shaughnessy. I do not believe that if, if Mac Jones doesn't throw that interception that Bailey Zappi is coming into that game. And like you said, once the game got out of hand, so if that's the case, why not go back to, uh, why not go back to Mac Jones before the game got out of hand? I get it. Once the game gets to, what, 30 to not, thirty to uh, 14, mm-hmm. okay, the game's ball intents and purposes is over. Because, remember, Chicago scored 23 unanswered on Belichick at so, Foxborough? Skip, if that's the question, when, when Bailey Zappi threw that interception, why didn't you pull him? <laughs> well, there are about multi, there, there are five times you could have pulled him. And, and, After and, a while, I kind of wish they would pull him for his own sake. And, and, the, and the fumble with Jacoby Myers, I mean, they, you so, I mean, so there are opportunities. Like I said, there, there's something probably going on a little more. You know how it is, Skip. Coach Belichick doesn't like anybody to challenge his authority. And when the guy said, no, I'm not having the surgery after they recommended it, no, I want to go get a second opinion because I have friends that play for them. Coach Belichick does not – don't ask me any questions about this defense. I'm putting you here, and this is what it's going to be. And if you question – like, you, you question me like, you, you, who? Do you not know who I am? Do you know I coached LT? I won two Super Bowls as a D coordinator. I won six as a head coach. And you ask me a question about why we're running this defense in this situation? Yep. How dare you? How dare you? Mac Jones, how how dare you second guess me that I don't know I'm not a doctor and I think you should have the surgery? The man wanted a second opinion. You're not, the surgery is not going to be performed on you, Coach Belichick. It's being performed on him. All right. So this is where you and I have always parted ways. (laughs) (laughs) To me, Everything that Belichick does now is in response to Tom Brady going down during a pandemic to Tampa Bay and turning the sucking ears into a Super Bowl champion. It's hard to fight back against that because now your reputation's on the line. Was it all him or was it mostly you? We go back and forth. You you give Belichick 75 percent of the credit. I give Brady at least 75 percent of the credit. So what do we know so far? 
Yep, Brady went down there and won a championship. And in Brady's second go-around, they did win a playoff game against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, and they did score 24 unanswered points against the soon-to-be champion Los Angeles Rams and brought it all the way back to, what was it, 27-all tie. This was at home in Tampa in a playoff game. Right. Before a defensive breakdown on a blown blitz call gave Cooper Cup a, a wide-open run straight <laughs> down the middle of the field for the easiest catch you'll ever see in a playoff game, though Mike Evans might have dropped it. But <laughs> the point is, he caught it, and it set up an easy walk-off chip shot field goal. Okay, so that's what Brady has accomplished. This year, not so much. Right. Three and four, uh, that means both teams are now three and four. New England and Tampa, both three well, and four. Right now, Skip, Brady's in the lead. Okay. Brady got there. He does have that Lombardi. All right. He's got the Lombardi. So what has Belichick done post-Brady in New England? Well, after last night's debacle of a loss, he's 20 and 20 in the regular season. They did go 10 and 7, as we pointed out last year, but, but the playoff loss was it was another debacle because <laughs> they lost 47 to 17, okay, to 17 okay. at, at Buffalo. Yeah. No real shame there, but still 47 to right. 17. That's a Belichick coach defense. Okay, so now let's look back at what happened when Bill first got into the head coaching realm. He had a losing record for four out of the five seasons he coached the Cleveland Browns. Right. Four out of five. And his total regular season record coaching the Browns was 36 and 44. 36 and 44. So he was eight games under 500 as the head coach of the Browns and got fired. Yes. And he goes to Foxborough. Mr. Kraft says, I want you. Still had a good reputation off being the defensive coordinator, obviously under Parcells. Right. First year, they go in Foxborough 5 and 11. And I know one of the assistants very well in that staff. And he was ready to put his house up for sale because they quickly fell to 0 and 2 in Belichick's second year in New England. Right. So, So that means overall before somebody fell out of heaven into their laps from the sixth round, Bill Belichick's coaching record when Brady finally took over in the third game of that Mm -hmm. 2001 season, it was 41 and 57. Think about that. So Bill Belichick was 41 and 57 in the regular season before Tom Brady happened. And then the rest is dynastic history from that point on. Right. And they win six Super Bowls. But they lose two of them out of nine that they played in. And the two they lost, remember, it took Eli after Brady drove his team for the touchdown. Three. Uh, uh, three. They, they lost three, but the, I'm, I'm doing the oh, two. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, the two of the three that they lost. The first, I'm just putting this in perspective, was the first Eli Super Bowl. And remember, Brady drove them down 80 yards for a touchdown to Randy Moss, so they're up 14 to 10 with two minutes to go in the game. Correct. And Belichick's defense allows Eli Manning to go 83 yards in 12 plays, including the 13-yard pass with with only 35 seconds left to Plexico Mm -hmm. that won the game 17-14. to Okay, there are lots of things that happened in that 83-yard drive. We got Asante, missed time in the jump a little bit, maybe should have come down with the interception. I thought he should have caught it. And then we got the helmet catch, right? And so a lot of things had to happen. Eli sacked. Okay, and he like well that on that play That's he's, he sacked yeah. he he escapes like four sacks on that play <laughs> a guy who's not very mobile I don't know how he did it he throws it down and Tyree sticks it against his face mask I've never seen anything like it before but it took that and yet it happened right. he gave up an 83 yard drive to lose the Super Bowl 17 to 14 
Then, of course, we get to the next debacle, which is the Philly Super Bowl. They lose 41 to 33 because Belichick's defense gives up 41 points while Tom Brady is putting up 33 and throwing for an all-time playoff record, 505 yards, this in the Super Bowl. Correct. Okay, so your defense fails you. Belichick's defense fails you twice in two of the three games that you lost. So what I'm saying is his overall look at his overall record with without Tom Brady he's 61 and 77 as a head coach. Right. Well, that's not great. That's not Hall of Fame genius coach, right? <laughs> right. So how much is Brady? I still believe he's at least 75% of the credit. Well, I, I think the thing is, Skip, the reason why I give him so much credit because he has to get all the pieces. Now I understand that he has he wasn't great uh, um, in Cleveland. When he was still responsible, he was doing all the grocery shopping. He was doing all the cooking because that's what Parcells instructed him to do, and that was his mentor. If you're gonna, if they want you to cook, they at least let you do the shopping. So he did all that. Um, but all the pieces that he seemed to got all the pieces that was necessary in order for Tom Brady to thrive. Uh, so yeah, there is the competition. Nobody, uh, Tom would probably say, yeah, I'm competing against him because I believe I deserve more credit than what he wanted to give me for. Coach Belichick's like, no, there's no competition. I coached the New England Patriots. He played for Tampa. But we got to give somebody the credit. Somebody got to get the lion's share. And it, it happened with Coach Walsh and Joe Montana. And when Coach Walsh stepped aside and the other coach filled in, Skip, it's like, okay, well, there you go. It was all Joe because Joe went and got another one without him. Now, even though that was basically the same team, and they were loaded. When I say they were loaded, they were loaded. Uh, uh, they beat the brakes off the Broncos, 55-10. That game was never close. Never close. So Agreed. right now, uh, uh, unfortunately, Coach Belichick, as much as I want to say yeah, you're responsible for it, Tom is in the lead. He's in the lead. And remember, Tom, to sum this up, in Tampa without Belichick, as dire as it is as we speak. Yeah, he has a winning record. <laughs> he's still 27-13, and 13, and he's still 5-1 and one in his postseason games with the Buccaneers. Okay. Okay. Well. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and Bill tried and gentlemen, to change it. Gentlemen, this quarterback controversy is alive and well in New England. Belichick declined to name a starter going forward last night post game. So we'll just have to see who gets the start this Sunday when the Patriots travel to see the New York Jets. All right, moving on this morning. Did last night show that the Bears are capable of upsetting Skip's Cowboys? <laughs> yep. Uh-oh, Skip. Yep. And are the Lakers management to blame for wasting LeBron? Wow. Yep. Skip and Shannon dive in on yep. the other side of this break. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp because your mental well-being matters. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Unlock the power of therapy with BetterHelp and witness the transformative benefits it brings to your life, from gaining valuable insights into your thought patterns to building resilience in the face of challenges. Therapy empowers you to navigate life's twists with confidence. BetterHelp offers a convenient online platform. It's designed to be flexible, fitting seamlessly into your schedule. 
with a simple questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash undisputedpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash undisputedpod. Your mental health journey begins here. And I won't back down. An opinion piece in USA Today is entitled Lakers Squandering What's Left of Prime LeBron James Years and That's Negligent. The article goes on to say team's management has an inability to get better shooters surrounding LeBron. That's a problem. A problem LeBron has been publicly vocal about. All right, Shannon, let's get your thoughts on this. How much has Lakers management failed LeBron? Massively. Um, there are no shooters. Skip, let's just say for the sake of argument, I agree in everything that you said about LeBron and AD wanting Russ. They wanted Russ last year. That didn't work out. Okay, so now what? You go get Juan Toscano Anderson. He's 35% from the three, Skip, but he normally takes 1.5 of those a game. He's shooting 12% on almost three of those a game now. Lonnie Walker was shooting 33% on a slightly over one attempt a game. He's shooting 17% on six attempts a game now. Patrick Beverly was 37% at a little over four. Now he's bumped up a little bit to a little under five, but he's down 16 percentage point from 37 to 21. So now you put guys in position where they feel that, well, that's what I'm here for, to shoot. But you've never been a good shooter from three. And now you've increased that number. Think about it, Skip. You go from Lonnie Walker went from a little over one attempt per game to almost six. And he's dropped down from 33 to 17%. So there are no shooters. Were there no shooters available in the price range in which you got Toscano Anderson, Lonnie Walker, or Patrick Beverly? Were there no shooters available in that price range? I know you gave up. What'd you give up? Pat Beverly's making 10, 12, 13 million dollars. There's not one shooter in the NBA. That was available that you could have got for $13 million? Everybody knows that's what he needs. I'm just trying to figure out how Rob Pelinka get a damn extension. When he puts the team, basically it's the same team that they had last year, but just younger players. Mm. That's what they have. And you look at the next, Skip, next five games, at Denver, at Minnesota, Denver at home, New Orleans at home, Utah at home. Lakers are only one of uh, four teams that doesn't have a win this year. The Magic, the King, the Thunder. All those teams want that seven-foot French kid. They do. Y'all can't get him if you really want him because you ain't got no draft picks to get him with. Yeah, they, they failed him. They failed LeBron James knowing that this man needs shooters. He needs space. He and AD, if you gave them a shooter, Buddy Hill has as many made threes as the other starters other than LeBron has combined. I'm not saying Buddy Hill is a savior, but he's a guy that's a proven knockdown shooter. He is. And that's he, what you need. He shot three of ten last night from three to take uh, ten. But but again, I'm with you. He is in that 40% range. Yes. But you, to your credit, first guessed this. When the Russ issue came up, we're Don't going back it. a year or more ago. Don't do it. Well, well, you were all in on Buddy Heald versus Russ because it sounded like that deal was on the table. Yes. When he was in Sacramento. Right. Uh, and Kuzma confirmed it, says like they had told him that he was going to Sacramento for the Buddy Hill. And then, oh, er, nope, you're going to Washington for Russ. No, but Skip, nobody, if you go back and look at anybody, there's nobody that thought Russ, AD, and LeBron would work because Russ does not complement what they do. The deficiency that they have, that the Lakers, that LeBron and AD have, 
Russ doesn't is not an upgrade. He's not a complement to their deficiencies. So what? Why? Okay. I hear everything you just said, and to your credit, you started with this fact. LeBron and certainly AD, but LeBron is the driving force of this franchise because he's the face of this franchise because he's the face of this league as we speak. To this moment in year 20, he's the face of this league. I don't want to hear about it's Steph's generation or his time. No, it's still (laughs) all about LeBron James. Correct. It starts and it finishes with LeBron. And it finished for LeBron, at least for this year in L.A., when he pushed for Russell Westbrook. I I never understood it. I still believe that LeBron James has the highest basketball IQ in the league. But as we keep saying, it wasn't a a one-year commitment. It was for two. It's, It's a killer because it's two years. And once he got exposed last year, you can't get out from under him. We're going to discuss this deeper in a little bit. But nobody wants him. That's the problem. That's the Nobody wants him. He is so exposed. I've never in my career, never, ever come close to seeing anything like what's happened to Russell Westbrook. He went from first ballot slam dunk Hall of Famer, what, top, 75, top 75, right? Okay, made the top 75 to so exposed that it, it hurts my sensibilities to think of Russ in the Hall of Fame. Right here, right now, I, I'm serious. As much as I respected how hard he he played through through his Oklahoma City years and to some degree at Houston and at Washington, Mm -hmm. but mostly in Oklahoma City, how hard he played, it's all undone by what I keep seeing now. And I believe Darvin Ham fell into the same trap that LeBron fell into because Darvin Ham's an NBA lifer. Obviously, LeBron's an NBA lifer and great respects great, not that Darvin Ham was great, but he knows great. Right. And, and they are blinded by the numbers that Russ put up because they are blinding. I get it. We never thought we'd see one year, and he did it four out of five years. He averaged a triple-double. And the more I try to get it to calculate in my head, I can't make it. It, it, it boggles my brain because I, to, to go out every night for however many games you play 80 odd he he plays every game he's indestructible he's like lebron used to be i'm knocking on wood for both of them but the point is to go out every night every single night and average 10 rebounds as a six foot three guard Mm -hmm. 10 rebounds if you play 70 odd games it's it's impossible and he did it for four out of five years 10 assists for him, now that we see wild hands that, that he is, t- to average 10 a night, it's pretty impossible. Yes. The rest of it, I w- I, triple-doubles for me should start at 20 points instead of 10 yeah. points. You should have to get 20, well, but yeah, whatever. The, the point total, because guy, I mean, he was going 4-17, but he'd have 12 points, 20 and, rebounds, and, 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 and 18 assists. And, and you look... You overlook the, the four seventeen because it's like, well, look at the triple double because it blinds everything. And guess what else we overlook? The eight turnovers that he had to go along with that triple double. Turnovers and turnovers and look at what he look why Kevin Durant, who also has high basketball IQ, he just said, I I can't take it anymore. I can't win with him as my primary decision maker. I'm out. I'm going to Golden State. You can condemn me all you want. You 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 can obliterate me on the internet. I don't care. I need a ring. I'm going into year ten. I'm joining forces with those guys that we had down three games to one. And I don't care what Shannon says. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. I'm going to Golden State, and it worked. He went to back to back finals, and he was the MVP, and he got those two rings. And he's like, I'm good. I'm a made man. And you could. You could argue he and Kyrie are resting on their laurels as we speak. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about them in just a couple of minutes. But the point is, 
LeBron and now Darwin. They're blinded by what Russ used to be because he earned so much respect that they can't give up the respect anymore because LeBron looked at, are you kidding? We can have Russell Westbrook, me and AD and Russ. We got this. Let's get up. They had just played Russ the year before. Remember, had they played Russ in the bubble when he was at Houston? They did. And they would, like, slump off him. They would, they, they please shoot this ball. I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand it. There's something about the aura of him. And yet, if I go deeper machinations here, I told you from the start, I think LeBron thought, hey, if it doesn't work and it all goes to hell, that, that I have the, the – the greatest scapegoat ever. If I'm the quote unquote goat, the, the goat needs a scapegoat occasionally. And boy, he's got the all time. There, there's no, he, he is the easiest to blame. He's the easiest target right now in sports because he deserves to be. Yes. He's earned the right. Yeah, he low hanging fruit. He, he is the lowest hanging fruit because he did it. He lowered himself to the lowest hanging. Okay, so once, once you say, we got to have him. And once Jeannie throws up her hands and says, okay, it's 47. It was, what was the first year? 41. 41. 41 and 47. Once Jeannie says, and it's the buck stops on her desk. Once she says, okay, here we go. Well, it, it's hard. No, 44 and 47 million. Once you agree to that. You're so strapped against the cap, even though the NBA cap's a lot softer than the NFL cap, but, but it's, it's hard to manipulate under there. To get, maybe there was some shooter out there. I don't even know who it is. I, off the top of my head, I tried to think last night. I don't even know who was available that would have been an obvious choice except for the original Buddy Heel deal. Skip, but here's the thing. Had Russ played well, maybe he could have got some value and you could have played him. But everybody else sees. Everybody, no. all these other teams – they see that he's not playing well. He's not what a lot of his former teammates are trying to play him out to be. But I haven't heard him rush to it. Now he's averaging 10, 5, and 5. I ain't heard nobody say anything. I ain't heard no, not one player say, oh, oh, man, man, Russ. Man, y'all go. Nobody, how many players? Nobody has ever wanted to join Russ. Kawhi wouldn't even return his call. Paul George couldn't wait to get on. Paul okay, George so, was on, okay, on horse it. and buggy to get up out of OKC. So why, LeBron, why? I, I, have no I idea. don't know. Of all the moves, like LeBron's genius off the court. He, he and Maverick Carter and Rich Everything Paul, he took it's to turn genius. To it's just flat out I agree. off the court genius. Like you, you, where, where has he ever swung and missed? His ads are genius now. We got versus Father Time. We got the Lily ad. They're just genius. It's yeah. like score, score, score. And yet, the, the move of his life, late career life, is, yeah, I want Russell Westbrook. It's so damaging that you're stuck with him for two years, and it's hard for Rob Polinka. I don't think Rob's a fool. I get you about the extension. He hasn't earned it of late. But, okay, Lonnie Walker, I watched him a lot more than you did because I, I, I'm still trying to hang in as a Spurs fan, and we're, they're showing signs of life when Wimman Yama is out there, and it's yeah, like, what are you doing? Yeah, that, that, what, that, that, what are you that, that, doing? Keep Because because they're not going to go win the championship this year. <laughs> okay, so Lonnie Walker, I watched him a lot. Pretty high pick by them out of Miami. He is extremely athletic. Extremely, extremely like jump out of the gym yes. athletic. Where you say there'll be three or four times a night where you say, whew. And every once in a while, he'll go on a LeBron-ass streak, and he'll start making two or three threes in a row. And you'll say, wait a second, this might work. He, he, he's got star quality. I've seen nights when he looks like, you know, he, he can go get you 30 to 40 points, and you yeah. say, there he is. Right. And then there he goes. Right. Because he's 
he's a pathetic three-point shooter. In the end, he, he it, it just evens out into 33%. But I told you when you first brought him up on the show, I said he can't shoot. Well, it seems like they just keep going after people who can't shoot where they have a chance. But Pat Bev was the one where he, he's a relatively cheap deal because he's an aging veteran. But but Pat Bev has had years where he shot 40%. I know yeah. one year he shot 40% from three. So of all the ones you required, he's the one who should be able to rise above this and make some shots. But what did you say? He's terrible he's, now, right? Yeah, he's shooting 21%. Okay, all right. It's because Russ is contagious bad. When, when you see him on your team and you see him pull up and shoot an air ball at Golden State from the corner, you, you're like, God, and it, and it just rubs off the wrong way where everybody gets infected by it. That, that man had the nerve to say, Skip, they have a one-point lead. He said, yeah, I went quick because I was going to get a two-for-one. Two-for-one? You have the lead. What do you You do? work the clock. And try to get as try to milk the clock down as close as you possibly can. Get a great shot. You're not behind. Skip, if that would be a great. If he they were behind one, you take a quick shot. I don't know if I want him taking that quick shot from there, but I would get I get the thought process. Okay, we play defense. Now we get a chance. But Skip, I got the lead. If I get a good shot, guess what? I can go up three. Then I don't care if I don't get the last shot. They got to make a three to beat me or to tie me. Hey. Listen, I never accused Russ of having high basketball IQ because I don't think he does at all. I don't either. And I'm listening to him explain it, Skip. You know, I was always taught, who taught you if you got a lead to go for two for one? I want to know that coach because ain't no way in hell he's supposed to be coaching. If he say you got a lead with 30 seconds, you go down there and you jack up a shot from 18 feet when you're terrible shooting. It just makes no sense. But, but most of what he does, how many times have you seen him drive into the lane out of control up in the air with no place to go with the basketball. All the time last year. Okay. It, it's the cardinal sin. It's, it's the youngest point guard in some church league basketball. You're taught you can't leave your feet without a plan. You have to know where you're going with the basketball. You can't be up in the air and say, let me see. I'll throw it out of bounds. Right? right? Yes. I'll throw it off him or I'll throw it off him. It, it, it's hard to watch to the point it gets comical after a while. So, so we get all that. But I, I, I got to go one last direction. Just to... Uh, just on objectivity, LeBron is not without blame here because I still say he shoots way too many threes. And I still say it's it's calculated on his part because he knows that all that really matters, I mean, unless they could go win another ring, but all that really matters is he needs to pass Kareem sooner than later. And the quickest way to pass Kareem is to shoot more threes. So he's going up, up, up. Last year he averaged eight threes a game. Now he's up to nine threes. He's taken going into this was after the game Sunday night, Sunday afternoon. Seventh most threes he has taken in the league so far, and and he ranks 142nd of 152 three point shooters because he's seven of 27. So he's not without blame here. He's taking too many threes. They all are. Okay, because they're all poor shooters. They they all are. And and by his standards, he's a poor three point shooter. And then I still say, I'm, I'm going to beat this drum till it breaks. I still say that last year they had 15 chances that I can, and I keep tabs on this, where I thought LeBron could have closed games that he didn't close. Sometimes he relies on AD, your turn, like he tries to get everybody else involved. Right. But for whatever reason, he, he is so gifted with the basketball as an orchestrator. He's not orchestrating home, James. Let's go home. So they're up eight on Sunday against Portland, who, who looks like they might be an early – they're 4-0 now. Okay. 
it, it, you're, you're right. They'll, they'll end up being just an also-ran. But the point is, you're up eight on that team with 442 left. It's up to LeBron. Just figure it out because you can figure that out. Get, get the shots that you need to get or you just keep attacking the rim because they can't keep you from the rim. I think, Skip, if they had shooters, it would be easy for him to get to the rim because it would be uh, uh, not as many bodies that he needs to yeah. go through. A lot of times he's having to go to two or three people because they don't have any shooters. Skip, you said they had an eight-point lead with 442 to go. When you don't have shooters and you take bad shots, you exacerbate a situation. First of all, you can't shoot the ball very well to begin with. Now you're going to take fall away three from 29 feet. You got Russ taking a three. You got this guy taking a three. Why? So all you did, and now they come down, run a great set, get an easy bucket. And you everybody looking like, huh, what? What? You can't shoot, and you just jacked up a shot you shouldn't have taken. Okay. And then finally, we get to the last shot, and this has been my – enduring it's, it's been my lifelong pet peeve it feels like about LeBron I just want him to attack the basket and you say well they don't give him enough calls it, it's just he is so overwhelmingly unstoppable at the rim even at this advanced age and stage you're 20 I still see him attack the rim I say that's that's unguardable that's yeah. unstoppable and so you're down two, you give him the ball, that's fine, and he winds up with Dame on him, who's 6'3 to his 6'9, and he shoots a fadeaway, and it's, it's way short. If you attack, okay, the worst thing that can happen, obviously, is you're going to get fouled. I guess the worst thing is you just miss the layup. But he, he's been notoriously shaky at the late-game free throw line. But, but again, I, I like your chances better if you attack because – I think he's got a good chance to score, just, just score the, the two-point. Right. Because here comes Jeremy Grant slipping off. Of, you see Jeremy Grant yeah. in the lane, so yeah. helping off of Pat Bev. Because why? I want, please throw this ball to Pat Bev. Yeah. I don't know why Josh Hart hugging up on Lonnie Anderson in the corner like that either. No, I, I agree. But the, the point is, they're all at fault. But I, I, once, once LeBron says, I want Westbrook, yeah. it's hard to say that management's going to fail LeBron because management's pretty stuck. Well, get off the money, Skip. How? How do you? I told you. I, they'd be better off if they sent him home, but you say she's not going to do that. Okay? That's fine. But I'm just telling you, the addition by subtraction is, okay, if you're going to pay him, this team would, I, I promise you, a cloud would lift off this team if he were no longer involved. Yeah, you look at their body language. When Russ, when Russ oh, is in the game, it's just like it's their body horrendous. language is awful. Well, you saw LeBron when he pulled up and took the, the two-for-one shot. Yeah, AD got, see, his head, AD got his head like, what, what? Are we do- what are we doing? That made no sense. I mean, even though he, and LeBron took some bad shots, AD hit the side of the backboard on a three-skip. But in that situation, we have a one-point lead, and you take a, you take a shot with 18 seconds on the shot clock. <laughs> and then you say, well, I, I was always taught to do two for one. Yeah, if you're down. Yeah. And, and f- after that, Darvin Ham yanked him out of the game. But he shouldn't have gone back in the right. game. Seriously. If you put Austin Reeves, I don't care who you put in. Kendrick Nunn, I don't care. At least Austin Reeves knows how to play basketball and he won't get in your way. Right. And he'll defend. So, you know, and listen, Austin Reeves made he, he made a game-winning shot at Dallas last yeah, year. Yeah. I would trust him a lot more than I would Russ. And then he had an unbelievable, he had a, what, first undrafted player to have a triple-double in the last game against the Nuggets. That's true. There you go. Yes. Whew. Well, guys, just to quantify your arguments here, the Lakers as a team are shooting 21.2% from three to start this season. That is the second worst in NBA history. Definitely some issues to fix there. <laughs> 
All right, gentlemen, let's move on to Skip's Cowboys. According to Fox Bet Sportsbook, they are nine and a half point favorites against the Bears this Sunday. Justin Fields and the Bears, who were at one point, one point underdog, 10 point underdogs to beat the Patriots. Of course, won last night, 33 to 14. Is this a different Bears team than we thought we had? Shannon, what shot do you give Justin Fields and the Bears to pull off another upset at Dallas? Not much. Um, I thought he did some really good things last night. A lot of it had to do with his leg skip, converting those third downs. They ran the ball exceptional well. You run the ball 45 times for 243 yards over five yards a clip. You're doing something really, really well. But I don't think he throws the ball nearly well enough to beat the Cowboys, and that's what you're going to have to do. Eventually, they're going to force you to make some throws in order to beat them. And you remember uh, late in the ball game, Skip, it was that throw that Jalen Hurts made to Devontae Smith that really put the game out of reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made some big-time throws. Uh, actually, Chicago won for the first time in Foxborough. They've been 0-4 all time. Uh, the Bears, 243 yards on the ground, 11 of 13 uh, um, on third down conversion. That's the most since conversions uh, they've converted since 2015. But, Skip, when you look at him throwing the football, they're 26 in yards this season. They're tied for 26 with five touchdown passes. They're tied for 28 with six interceptions. He's ranked 27th in QBR at 37.3%. That's not good enough. Your quarterback got to play. Re- your quarterback has to play really well. If you look at when uh, the teams that have beaten the Cowboys, Tom wasn't great, but he didn't turn it over. Jalen Hurts didn't play, didn't wasn't that great, but he didn't turn it over. And he made two or three big little plays. Cowboys lead the league. Cowboys lead the league with 29 sacks. Justin Fields been sacked 27 times. How many times do you think they're going to get him? Because a lot of times, Skip, people don't understand this, but a lot of times your most mobile quarterbacks are your most sacks. Because they'll run out of something in the front side and run into a sack on the back side. Yep. You look at Randall Cunningham. You look at Cam Newton. You look at the guys that you like, man, how do you get? Because they trust their ability so much, they run from one thing in one direction, yep. and they get caught in the other direction. Mm. So for me, no, Skip, I do not believe I do not believe that they, uh, uh, the Cowboys are, are under serious threat from the, uh, from the Bears. The Bears' offensive line is ranked 30th, only 32 teams. Feels pressured most in the league, 50% of his drop back. They're coming to get him. And that's what you do with a young quarterback. I want you to make quick decisions. How fast can you make a decision? No, how fast can you make the right decision? Because, everything, I mean, everybody can think, but can you think fast enough to make the right read, make the right decision? Well, we'll see. Nah, I, 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 don't, I, don't, think, I don't think they pose a serious threat to the Cowboys at all, Skip. I hope you are so right. I have my reservations about everything you just said. I had made the point that Detroit and Chicago back-to-back at home as Dak re-entered the fray Mm -hmm. were the two easiest home games any team all year could have back-to-back at home. Back-to-back. It's like, gimme, gimme, thank you, God, thank you, God. Gimme, gimme, break. Yeah, gimme, gimme, and bye. Gimme, gimme, bye. Thank you. And then that happened. The silver lining is that at least my team ain't going to take these guys not seriously, right? Yeah. Like the, the, this woke up the Dallas Cowboys like, wait a second. See, what, what you just said, that's one reason why I did not watch. If we we're going to play a team the next week, I'd never watch them play for that very reason. Okay. Because if they look good, you're like, oh, my God, we got our work cut out for them. And then if they look bad, we're about to run through them. I don't want to watch them. I don't even want to know. Hey, I'll, right. get, I'll get the game film and we'll look at it like that. But I'm not watching on television. Okay. You might laugh or scoff at this. <laughs> but Troy Aikman said something on the ESPN telecast last night that caught my ear. I know you don't listen to the sound. No. But 
in the second quarter as it looked like Chicago was turning the game around. He made the point that I've been through this. I've been through what Justin Fields is going through now where he's getting sacked like crazy and it it looks like it's hopeless. And he made the case, and I'm just going to paraphrase how he said it, that a win like this on Monday Night Football at Foxborough against Coach Belichick can be franchise-altering. And I agree with that. You could look back at this game at, at, at a point where you say, wait, this this Matt Eberflus guy, who used to be coaching Dallas, mm-hmm. by the way, maybe he's better than you think he is. Maybe he's Belichickian. Maybe he's the next good to great coach. And you look at what they're doing on defense, it's, it's pretty good because Roquan Smith is pretty oh, great. Oh, yeah, yeah. He re- he, he's yeah, he he's about good. as legit yeah. as you get. Yeah. Okay, so – to Troy's point, that wasn't just a squeaker where they got lucky and they got some lucky bounce turnover. Mm-hmm. It was 33 to 14. They ran for 243 yards. Why was it 243? Do you, do you have your stats there? Who's yeah. at the top of the list on the rush? Justin rusher? Fields. Justin Fields ran it 14 times for 82 yards, and he was their leading rusher because Montgomery is next with 15 for 62, and then Herbert had 12 for 62. Justin Fields started to look to me like last night he was starting to get a hold of it, like the game was starting to slow down. He started to look the way I think that Jalen Hurts started to look last year that led to this year when Jalen Hurts is now at the helm of what you think is the best team in football. So it scares me that they had a breakthrough. You can argue, oh, well, now they got to, last night they had to fly back late to Chicago, and now they got to fly to Dallas on Saturday on a short week. Sometimes when you create that kind of momentum, it's just easy to pack it and put it on the plane, and let's just keep it right on the plane and don't even unpack it, and let's take it down to Dallas right. with us because we're hot. Okay, I'm, I'm going to show you some plays, and you know what these are, but I just want to drive home the point to our viewers of what Justin Fields was doing to Bill Belichick last night because it started late in the first half. And the first one is a third and five runs, third and five at the New England 34. And if we could see this one that set up the the touchdown pass, but if we could see the run that he makes on third and five at the 34, this is just student body left. Yeah, yeah, that's a diagram. That's it. And I'm I'm like, wow. Yeah, why didn't you run more of that? Yeah. Early in his career. And and I got to tell you, every time I watch him run, he runs so smoothly to me. He is a gifted runner where he has easy acceleration. Yes. J- Jalen Hurts is a strong runner where his, his lower half is so powerful, powerful. That, that, that he can run through, through contact right. at the line of scrimmage right. and get four yards, right? Yep. But, but this kid just runs effortlessly where it looks like, oh, that's good. Right. It's, it's, not, it's not Michael Vick Lamar. It's not side to side. Right. It's just effortless. Where, and, and, but he does have escapability. Okay, so now let's look at the play that he makes to Herbert, the pass to Herbert. This is with two minutes left in the half, the 25-yarder for a touchdown. L- look at the creativity. This, is, this has some Mahomes going on here, mm-hmm. right? Because, look, he, he's in trouble because they are all over him in the pocket, and he has to avoid and step up. If he throws it, it's going to get batted down. Yeah. So he pumps it and then yeah, throws the sidearm. Look at look this. this. He has to yeah. pump. And he gets rocked, man. He got rocked. Yeah. He, he got hit. Judon got in front of him. Yeah, woo. he did. Okay, but he has to step forward and, and go sidearm underneath the, the hands of the, the rusher yeah. to get to Herbert. Yes. And once he gets the ball to Herbert, nobody's home. Right. Okay, so it's a pretty easy touchdown. Okay, now let, let's go to um, 
this is a little later. They get the ball back on the the Muff. the the, the, yeah. the fumble. Mm-hmm. So now it's third and fourteen at the forty-one. This is forty-one seconds left in the first half. And let's see the scramble that he pulls off here, if we could. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Whew. That's third and 14, and he gets 20 yards and gives them a late field goal. Yep. So they score 10 quick points at the end of the half, and, and it's because of him. Right? Yep. Okay. That, that looks good to me because there, he showed some escapability, and, yeah. and, and he stands strong in the pocket, and he's taken a – has anybody taken any more punishment no, early in his career? Than he's been sacked 27 times now. Okay. Now, is he getting better as a thrower? Debatable, but let's see what happened with 7.28 left in the third quarter. This is a third and seven. Where I'm, I'm showing you these are all third down plays. Third and seven at their tw- uh, 25-yard line. This is up the sideline to commit. Watch this one. I think he's sacked. No. I think he's in trouble. No. And he back shoulders commit up the sideline. I'm, I'm telling you, that's, that's pretty great. That's showing me some presence. You're, running, you, you're rolling the wrong way. You have to throw it across your body on the move to the left. And he drops it right down the chimney, back shoulder to commit. But when does he look his best? When he's throwing the ball on the move. Okay. Well, put his, I got it. Put his okay. butt on the move right. and stop trying to make him a pocket okay. pass. Well, did they figure that out last I, night? I hope. Okay. Are they going to run some more student body lefts and they, rights? They should. Okay. Because my fear of my defense, as much as I love my, oh, Micah, 11 from heaven, my fear is that the only way to neutralize him is just to run at him. The only way to have any success against my defense is to stay out of third and sevens and third and twelves. Or you're, you're going to fail. You're asking for trouble. You're asking for big trouble because they're going to come from all angles at you. And you're not going to be able to escape. No. But if you keep banging away, banging away at their midsection or running at Micah, just making make choices like, God, what, what do I do here? He, he still doesn't have quite the body. He's, got, he, he's still 23 years old. Okay, w- wait until he gets to 26 and 27. Watch what starts happening yeah. when he goes grown man on you. Well, if you run – they listen, Belichick doesn't give up 243 yeah. yards rushing at home. He yeah, just that, doesn't do no. it, right? Because he, he, he's a guy that's always prided himself knowing that you got to stop the run to have any chance to beat a team. Okay. And they ran the ball at will. Whew. So that was scary to me because that's the formula – for at least bothering my defense is to run it at them with a mobile quarterback yeah. who can at least escape some of it yeah. or, or hurt them by running at Micah with some kind of option play or just run at Micah. Just just do your student body right and, yeah. and see if Micah can hold the edge, man. Can you can you take the beating on the edge from the pulling guard? You know, that's what you have to deal with. Right. Okay, so in the end, they're much more dangerous than I thought they were going to be. I did not see this coming. I got and the Cowboys by 10. Do you? Well, it, it's, it's, it was a 10-point spread. I think it fell to 9-5. And I will bet you, I will bet you that as the week wears on, I bet it'll go down to 9, then it'll go to 8-5. I'll bet it'll end somewhere around 8 because people are going to say, wait a second. Yeah, because people are going to say, well, you know, I did see the Bears last night, so let me go ahead and jump on the Bears. Yeah, they'll, they'll jump on the Bears bandwagon and it'll bring yeah. it down. I didn't see I didn't see enough last night to convince me they can beat the they can beat the Cowboys. Well, then you must have no respect for Belichick's team. No, no. Well, that I don't know what they did last night, Skip. <laughs> that 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 defense, the offense after those two quick strikes, yeah. the offense left a lot to be desired. It did. Yeah. But their defense, ooh. 
skip that line is now indeed 9.5. But I also think you are going to be guilty of reverse jinxing this week if I had to make a prediction. That's what he tried to do. That's what he tried to do. You never know. (laughs) 1 o'clock Eastern on the NFL on Fox. Must see TV. All right, gentlemen, what does Ben Simmons fouling out of another game game. say about him and his future with the Uh Nets? That's coming up when we return. When it comes to travel, we all know that feeling of wanting to escape to our happy place, whether it's hitting the beach, the ski slopes, or just kicking it with your crew in a tropical paradise. And Priceline wants you to get there and be very happy with a happy price. So you never have to miss a trip. Let me tell you, Priceline has got your back to make it all happen. My happy place is Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Picture this, crystal clear waters, golden sands, and sun shining down on you like it's your personal spotlight. That's right, Cabo is my ultimate happy place. And you know what makes it even better? Priceline's VIP family feature. You heard it from me, that's right. VIP treatment for you and your squad. Imagine being with your crew. Soaking up the sun and living your best life. And while scoring deals up to five times faster, it's like scoring a game-winning touchdown on vacation. Now, who am I taking with me to Cabo? To that epic trip, that adventure? My boys, my ride or dies, my crew. Ones who've been there through thick and thin from the beginning to the end. I'm not taking any kids, no kids. Just me and the boys living it up. So what are you waiting for? Download the Priceline app. Today and save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your favorite happy price with Priceline. Make some memories that'll last a lifetime. Cabo ain't ready for me or us, but we're ready for Cabo. Thanks to Priceline, the real MVP of travel. And I won't back down. Ben Simmons fouled out late in the fourth quarter of the Nets' 134 to 124 loss to the Grizzlies last night. Simmons disagreeing with the call post-game, saying, quote, it's not a foul. That was BS. It's frustrating because it's late game. You're in the fourth quarter. It's a physical close game. It's the NBA. It's not college, not high school. Hmm, strong words. All right, Shannon, was this a bad call? And how much did it end up impacting the game's outcome? Skip, you got five fouls. Don't, 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 don't even put it especially out. For the official to see you, it's just you and him. You've got five fouls. Why would you even put yourself in that situation? But I want to know this, Skip. I mean, even if let's just say for the sake of argument, okay, Ben, you're right. Ja already had 35 at that point. Now, I need to know who was guarding Ja Morant and who was guarding Desmond Bain. Because both of them went for 38. Now, you told me with Royce, the addition of Royce O'Neal and Ben Simmons, this was going to be a much better basketball team on I the did. defensive end. Yep. And I can't tell. Mm. Skip, of 126 qualified players, Ben Simmons has the second-worst defensive rating at 129.3. Guess who has the worst defensive rating in the NBA? He happens to be a teammate of Ben Simmons. One, Kevin Durant. So you got two of the worst defenders on one team, and you wonder why they get two guys to go for 38 apiece. Mm. Skip, I told you this. Ben Simmons on the offensive end, you play four on five. Because this is what he's giving you right now. The man now, he's fouled out two of the three games that he's played. Yep. Ben Simmons in three games is averaging less than six points a game. He has 17 points in three games and 14 fouls. 
have that, 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 that good for you, but you, but you don't want him to shoot. I told Ben he don't have to shoot. You can't win a championship with Ben Simmons on your team because he's a liability on the offensive end. And at least Skip, when he was a liability on the offensive end, what could he do? He could lock down one of the best players on the opposing team. Now he can't even do that. Well, so if he can't lock down a defender, he can't lock it down defensively. You already know he's going to give you next to nothing. On the offensive end, I don't really know the, the, the good that he can do you. You know, my grandfather used to have a saying, tell me and my brother. He said, boys, anything is better than nothing. But you two fellas real close to nothing. Ben Simmons, anything is better than nothing. But right now, you real close to nothing. Mm. Skip, they're playing four on five. It's really, simple. it's really as simple as that. I mean, it was a great game last night. I was, you know, flipping back and forth. It's not very often you're going to see four players go for 30, uh, uh, 35 or more points in the same game. And when uh, my researcher, Ash, she's like, this is the first time that that's happened since 1983. I said, I think it was that game, the Pistons and the Nuggets, mm -hmm. the triple overtime game, the highest scoring game in NBA history. I think the final score was 183. Okay, but that was triple overtime. Tri this was no overtime. Right. Unless you know, hey, nobody playing no defense there. Because <laughs> at least, Kip, you got, we, we can make a case. Man, that's 15 extra minutes. This was a regulation game, and you get two guys, I mean, th uh, four guys going over 35. And look at the percentage in which they shot. It wasn't like, Skip, somebody was, you know, shot 30% or 40%. Look at no. that. KD was 14 of 40. I mean, 14 to 20. 20. Yep. Kyrie was 14 to 24. <laughs> Jabba Red was 12 of 22. Desmond Bain was 14 to 21. 8 of 11 from 3. 8 of 11? But ain't nobody playing no defense. Because one team shot 54% from the field, the Nets. The other team shot 50% from the field and 47% from the three. All right. Before I address Ben Simmons, allow me to go big picture, <laughs> then small picture. To your point, I had this game opposite the Monday night football game, and I couldn't take my eyes off it. This was a rare pleasure. Yes. Because th th this is offensive firepower, the likes of which we've rarely seen. Right. This was Two established superstars for the Nets, obviously, playing like superstars. Yes. And this was a rising superstar in Jaw for Memphis. And this is a Desmond Bain who just gets better by the dribble. And, and he's turning into a star right before your very eyes because he was the ultimate difference in this game. Yeah. Although, to your point, you could also argue that Ben Simmons was the difference in this game or the lack of Ben Simmons. Okay, now... So what happens? I'm watching the post game on the Nets channel. Right. And they go back to SNY and the, whatever it is, the, their local carrier. And they play the whole Ben Simmons inter post game interview live. So I'm watching it and I'm spellbound by it because I couldn't believe he was sitting at the interview table in front of the media to start with. And all he wants to talk about is how he got screwed on the last, the, the sixth foul call. So they go back and forth, and he first says, I'm not going to get fined. And then he just spills all over the referee. Referees have bad nights, too. Right. And it was a BS call. Well, it, it's, number one, it's BS that you're even bringing it up. You lost. And <laughs> it was a sixth foul call, and I get this. And by the way, Steve Nash, if we're seeing it, he goes crazier on this call than I've ever seen him go, which was actually a good sign because – most of the time, he just stands over there like he's Mike McCarthy or somebody. You know, he, he doesn't do anything. But he goes berserk over it. And then Jaw said that, that he just wanted to get even by baiting Simmons into the sixth valve call for a play that Ben pulled on him two years ago when he was a rookie. Yep. 
where he, it was the old Pat Bev versus Russ right. play where you're, you're looking to your coach to call timeout, and he just snakes the ball away from you and goes down and dunks it. it. And Josh said, okay, I got him back because I'm baiting, I'm baiting, I'm baiting all the way up the floor. Are you going to come? Are you going to come? Are you going right. to challenge me? Ben should have just jumped on him at half court because the shot clock hasn't started, started yet. Until so Yeah. And once he touches the ball, then Ben jumps, and, and Josh says, oh, I got this, and he, he makes a move, and then Ben bodies him. And it, and then Josh merely points. Yeah. You got to go. Leave. You got to go. <laughs> You're out. Okay. I'm with you on this. I saw one flash in one preseason game when Ben Simmons looked like Ben Simmons. Since then, he's reverted to looking like a guy who suffered amnesia where he forgot completely that he ever played basketball, and he's trying to relearn how to even play it at all, like at the rudimentary level. Right. He, he's just trying to figure out, how does the, what are the rules here? Right. I, I don't see any passion. I don't see any urgency. I don't see any intensity. I see him just drifting through the game. He did have eight assists last night, which is fine, but he had five turnovers, and, and he gave you, as you said, next to nothing Scale anywhere seven, else. Eight and three? Yeah, it, it's just not good enough when you're playing 28 minutes for a team that's pretty good and is depending on you at least to improve them on the defensive end. He would take Jaw most of the time he had Jaw, and Jaw was just toying with him. Jaw just go just right blow, blow right he, by he, him. Skip, okay. he's better. Look, Trey doesn't have the quickness he does as, not. as, as Jaw. Nope. Jaw and Jaw's just not trying. Although he skipped, he he's improved every year from the three. He was he four has. six last night. He was good. But Jaw's getting to the rim. You got you got hell on your hands trying to stay in front of this little guy and keep him from getting to the rim because he's ex, as he's a a a, a Derrick Rose, a Russ as far as explosiveness and Iverson. Iverson, Iverson but yeah. he has the quickness. He does. Like I that that when he crossed you over. And then his left hand, he gonna extend and get and get to the, he gonna get to the rim, and he can finish. He can okay. finish above you. To my eye, his ability to explosively leap is unparalleled. He, he, cra- uh, he it, got crazy hard. It, it's just something. I'm talking about power leaping, where he's going up at his. What, what do we give? Is he six two or six? They list him at six three. Yeah. I don't know what six two ish maybe. Yeah. He's going up with explosive power, where he's. Power slam. He dunked one last night on the break on a Tyus pass. Left like hand. A lob, and he left hand dunked it and, and hit himself on top. of the, the ball went through so hard it hit himself on the top of the head. Well, it's, it's a power slam. And, again, Iverson didn't have that kind of power at the rim. No, 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 no. And, Iverson wasn't really dunking like that. No. But, he, I mean, Iverson was crossing you over. He could get sure. to the rim. No, no, I, but I those other that. two guys, Rose and, 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 and Russ, could finish above the rim. That yeah. wasn't Iverson's game. This kid can finish above the rim, Skip, and he's turned himself into a better shooter than those guys. All right. So here's what happened. In, in the third quarter of this game, KD just goes off, as KD is capable of doing. And he goes 7 of 8 in the third quarter for 17 points. That, that's pretty good, right? Well, guess who on the other side? Desmond Bain goes for 19 on 7 of 9. Okay, so that counteracts from the three. Okay, then let's look at the fourth quarter, shall we? Look what Kyrie does in the fourth quarter. He scores 21 points. There aren't many humans alive who yeah. can score 21 in a fourth quarter. 21 seven on of 7 of 9 and made both his two, two threes. Uh, guess who on the other side? Well, Desmond Baines contributing 13. So, so look what Desmond Bain does in the second half. He scores 32, 32. points. Well, it's hard to yeah, you, if your second guy is going to get 32 to in the just in the second half. Right, you're probably going to lose. Yeah. Okay. So, can anybody? Can Royce O'Neal? Nobody could guard him. And listen, 
Desmond Bain is getting to where from three, he just shoots it like a free throw. It's, it's like a set shot. It's, it's like feet on the floor. He just strokes it, and it, ju- it just goes in. So if, if we could see, we're seeing some Desmond Bain here now. Wow. Okay, so the, the pivotal point of the game is it's still a six-point game, and Kevin Durant goes down. It's with 329 left. Again, six-point game. And, and he just bowls. I forget who's in his way, but he just gets a terrible offensive foul. He just knocks over. I think it's Dylan, Dylan Brooks. Brooks. It? Yeah, it's Dylan Brooks. Just knocks him over. Just just drives right through him. And there's a little bit of flopping, but not, not that much. Okay. No, no, Kevin, you fouled him. Yeah. And, and that basically ended the game because if we could see how Desmond Bain then came down and drove last nails in the coffin, whew, that's an offensive foul. So here's Desmond Bain. 322 left. He comes down and just strokes a three to put them up nine. And then he just says, well, I, I got this. And if you've added that to your repertoire, because yeah. he's not just a catch-and-shoot guy, he goes in with his left hand and just goes hard off the glass. And but, he's, but, Skip, he's not built like a, a basketball player. He's built like a football player. You look at his upper body, he got yeah. caps on his shoulder. You're no, like, bro, how you shoot the ball and you built it. like that? I, I used to watch him at TCU, and I didn't see this, no. man, because this is – this is spectacular turned, stuff. He, they turned themselves into a very good but skip. Jaws just on a Jaws started this season out on another level. I mean, I thought he could be good and I thought he would long term. The only thing that scares me, Skip, he's so high up in the air and he spends so much time on the floor. Totally agree. That's the only thing yeah, that can every time he goes up, I just <laughs> wince it. Cause I mean, he is he's been unbelievable. I mean, he's my early season pre uh, if you had an MVP vote for the first three, four games of the season. Yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah. Okay, but the problem is, remember last year he suffered and suffered. His knees just get – they just get battered. And so he's got all kinds of arthritic issues just because they're pounded and pounded yes. and pounded because he's going too high for his ability to withstand coming down on hardwood floor. Well, he just – and he's not – it's not like he skipped. He's 200 pounds. I mean, what do you think, John Wade? 175? It doesn't look like much more than that. Maybe 180. I don't, I don't know. It's in that ball. I, I still can't figure out exactly how tall he is. Yeah. Again, 6'2"-ish? Yeah, I would say 6'2"-ish. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's put together, though. I mean, he's he's stout. Skip, they did a number on Ben Simmons and Royce O'Neal. They did. They did. They did a number. I mean, those are those, those supposed to be your defensive guys, Skip. That's who you added to shore up that end of the floor. And, unfortunately, they just gave up 134 at Memphis. In regulation. In regulation. But, that, but, Skip, that's how they were going to win games anyway. Remember, even when they had Harden, their whole thing was to outscore you. But just for perspective, the guy with the fifth-best defensive rating in the NBA, oh, go. <clears throat> really? Huh. Yet he ranks 142nd out of 152 three-point shooters. That kind of cancels that out. Hey, boy, you want to bet he won't finish that low? Huh. Finish. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be in the 80 percentile when it's all said and done. He about, to, he about to catch five tonight. Huh. What, what do you mean, eighty percentile? You said he you mean, won, he'll you be said, in the, the. You said he's one fifty-two. He gonna move up seventy spots. That's seventy what I spots. Well, seventy. Well, well, I think we have a bet that he's going to outshoot Kevin Durant from three. So I'm I'm kind of liking my sh- my chance. But Kevin Durant was one of three last yeah. night, wasn't he? Yeah. LeBron is seven <laughs> for twenty-seven. He was minus ten. Huh. Yep. Yeah, but Kevin made seven out of eight shots in the third. They quarter. lost. Yeah. And one of thirty-seven don't mean nothing. Cheap points, garbage points, get them in mop-up time. Yeah, but that duo, that's as dynamic as you can get, at least on one end of the floor. Well, the bad guys keep beating that dynamic that duo. That is true. They better so, go back to the Hall of the Justice and get some more. It's a long season, them. and you got a lot more missed threes from LeBron James. <laughs>
You a hater. <laughs> no, I'm a true Guys, chill. You a hater. <laughs> John Morant is at least listed at six foot three, yeah. 174 pounds. All right, up next, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Can they pull off a win skip versus Lamar and the Ravens on they Thursday better. night football? Mm-mm. You don't want to miss this discussion. That's next on Undisputed. No. Buccaneers now three and four after coming off a 21 to three loss against the Panthers. However, the quarterback says he is still loving the game on the Let's Go podcast yesterday. Brady says his team will need to dig deep when it's time to take the field again. And it's a big one coming up. The Bucks hosting Lamar Jackson and the Ravens this Thursday. It's quite the challenge for Tampa Bay. Shannon, what do you expect from Brady and the Bucks against the Ravens come Thursday? Well, Tom, I would just like to add this. You can still um, love doing something but not have fun while you're doing it. And I don't know if he's having fun. Tom Brady did not come back to be marred in a slump like this, playing like he's playing, team looking like he's looking. Tampa's just not good right now. I am surprised, Skip, that Baltimore is favored, considering they've had leads in a lot of games, and maybe that's what the betters are looking at. Like, hold on, they had a 21-point lead, had a 17-point lead, a double-digit lead. Had a double-digit lead Sunday. They were able to hold on to that, although uh, Cleveland has come back and made it a ball game. What's concerning to me is that you can't run the football and teams are running the football on you. You're not pressuring the quarterback like you once good. Skip, you remember the first two years that Brady was there with JPP and Shaq Barrett and Dominican Sue. They could get Vita Vea. They could get after your quarterback and don't even think about running. Team would, team would like, forget running. That's just All that is is a wasted down. We're not going to get anything because we're not going to move Sue. We're not going to move Vita Bate out of there. So don't even waste our time hitting our head against the wall trying to run the football. Now, teams just turn around and hand the ball off. It's like, okay, go get five. Go get six. I mean, we saw, and, and that's, that's, that seems to be their problem. When you can't pressure unless you blitz and then you can't stop the run, you ask him, that's a recipe to get beat because, Skip, you give Tom, you, you, you're asking Tom to do too much on the offensive side. For whatever reason, you can't run the football. I don't know if that's by design or you just don't have the guys to get the job done. But Tom is throwing the ball. You can't throw the ball 70% of the time. No. Nope. And, and as great as Tom is, you, you, you're subjecting him to too many hits. And then the pressure starts to get there and that because the pressure has gotten to him early. Even when he has time, he's seeing things that are not there and he's short-arming the ball. But I'm, I'm surprised, Skip, that Tampa – I'm surprised Tampa is, 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 doesn't have a better record than what they have. But I'm also surprised that Baltimore is, 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 a, is a favorite on the road. I, I'm shocked by that. I, I really am. I'm, I'm, I'm puzzled. That tells me that, that, that Vegas is, is right now, they're really down on Tampa. They're really down on your team. Look, it's possible that Tom Brady at 25 would not be able to overcome what they're up against right now because – He doesn't have any deep speed whatsoever. I thought it was going to be Julio. I don't know what happened, but you called it first. You can't trust him to be healthy short or long term. He just, I saw one flash at Dallas, 48 yards, and I thought, there we go. That was it. Skip, but but, I mean, you got to, all I can base it on is that he had problems staying healthy as a young man. As as we get older, we saw the last, he missed the last half of Atlanta. He did. He missed a large chunk of time in Tennessee. So I can't expect the man to be 33 and all of a sudden say, you know what, he's going to give me 16. Okay. There was a reason he went after Antonio Brown, and then there was a reason Antonio blew himself up predictably at the end of last year. Mm -hmm. So there's no AB. 
he he tried to make Scotty Miller sort of his Edelman Amendola. He doesn't have that little guy who can line up in the slot no, no, you no, can no. trust. It's five yards, six yards. Edelman just option routes you to death. Right. You know, uh, he'll go here, he'll go there. Tom Scotty, just, Scotty Miller got too much speed for right, that skill. He's got too much speed. Okay, so that, that's been a bust. Then you, you don't have Gronk. I'm still hoping that Gronk will ride to the rescue here. But you don't have <laughs> Gronk, but you don't even have Cameron Brait now because he's got a neck injury. Yeah. And it sounds like it, it's going to last a while, if not for a long time. Right. And then it, to, to your point, well, Chris Godwin He's, he's coming off a major ACL, and I thought they rushed him back. And they tried to rush him back in, on opening night, and he had a little flash, and then he was gone again. He doesn't have the separation burst he used to on all of his mid-range routes. Right. So all of a sudden, I, I don't see any separation. He, he's being closely guarded, and Tom's not being able to get to force the ball into him. And then it's Mike Evans or Buss. Listen, Mike Evans gets doubled every single play. Right. And Tom looks over there, and his instincts are you can't throw it to him when there are two people hanging right. over him. And then it's, after a while, you say, well, I, it's all I got, right. right? Because we can't run the ball. You saw what happened on third and one and fourth and one with playoff Lenny. And now we can't stop the run, so we can't get the ball back. So it's a recipe for disaster. And then furthermore, Tom's got two young offensive linemen, one of whom got yanked from the game a couple of times in Gedeke, and then a brand-new center. And you're you're replacing two guys. One one's a Pro Bowler, and one Ryan Jensen. Well, they're both Pro Bowlers. Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, so so it's not the same. It's it's not it it, it hurts the run game and it hurts the protection. Mm-hmm. Some where Tom feels like he's just got to get rid of it way even before the clock in his head goes off. But Skip, I think the biggest thing that's hurting the Buccaneers is expectations. This was this team was supposed to be because even. I think if they had just lost two games, people were like, what, what, what's going on with Tom? The expectations were so high, given how well Tom played last year. And you said, you know, look, they had an opportunity. If they could have got the ball back, you felt very confident that Tom was going to win this game in overtime. The expectations. The Rams playoff game. Right. Yeah. The expectations are so high for this team. But, Skip, when you look at this team, I'm not so sure. And the only reason they have expectations is because of 12. That is true. If any other quarterback was on this team, there's Heck no possible. And. All, I'm talking about everybody's still there with the exception of that quarterback. That just goes to show you. And because he's not playing as well as we thought he would play, you get three and four. I got it. I'll pile on further just to, to show you what, what a mountain they're up against when the Ravens come calling. I'm going to remind you that since Tom has been a Buccaneer, he's only six and five in night games, which are always Big stage, solo stage. Man, games. we get all we can sleep, man. I've been Maybe trying to get this out of clock. You remember what happened his first year with the sucking ears? Do you remember? What the we Saints, did? right? Okay, well, let's start with the Thursday night game at Chicago. Remember what you ridiculed right. yeah, him yeah. for? <laughs> yeah. I thought he got concussed, but he, he thought they had an extra down, and he right. didn't, and they lost 20 to 19 to Nick Foles and the Bears. Remember Correct. that? Yes. Then remember what happened when New Orleans visited yep. Tampa? Sunday night. Sunday night game, they lost 38-3. to And you'd have to rank it. Tom had a QBR of four on a scale of 0 to 100. He threw three picks and no touchdowns. It was you, – you want to talk about a disaster on Sunday night right. football? That was it. And then here came the Rams to Tampa on – was that a Thursday night? No, it might have been a Sunday night. It, it might have been a Monday night, Skip. Monday. I'm, I'm, I can't remember. Anyway, the Rams went down there Jared with Goff. Jared Goff and beat him 27 yeah. to 24. Mm-hmm. Tom was okay in the game, but, but Jared Goff outplayed him, out QBR'd him. And then end of last year, remember, 
New Orleans goes in there and beats them on Sunday night, Sunday night. nine to nothing. Mm-hmm. So Tom Brady got shut out by the Saints on a Sunday night game. And then I'm going to remind you this year at home on Sunday night again, it was that they lost to the Chiefs 41 to 31, yeah. right? Okay. So the, I just gave you five losses right there that, that were pretty disastrous big stage losses. Right. For Tom Brady. So here comes a Thursday night game, and it's a short week coming off two, two nightmare defeats. Right. And I, I'm going to take Brady to task on this one. I, I still say that the turning point for this year's Buccaneers was when he chose not to fly with the team to Pittsburgh, and he went up for a Friday night to, to go to Bob Kraft's Either the different wedding place, party. Skip, Skip okay? you know, Skip, you know this man. Football is everything. And he's and he put he's extended himself and put a lot of things at risk to come back and play this year. Tom Brady in New England would have never ever ever done. Coach Belichick is the coach. He's right there in Boston. It was in New York. It's a short it's a short trip. He did not he says, go. I'm not going. No. Tom is in Tampa. Yep. Tom Tom should have got on the if he went. Skip. He should have went. Flown up there, flown back. I understand it. Hey, it's, Logistically, it's, it doesn't make any sense, but I'm with you. It's just the appearance of it. It's yeah. to show your team, I'm with you guys. I'm going to be on that plane mm-hmm. flying to Pittsburgh, whatever. I don't know what yes. time it left. But the point was, he wasn't on the plane, and you don't think that just reverberates up and down the aisles? I know what Shannon Sharp would have said. He's well, not I, here? Skip, I think the thing is, a lot of that has to do with you, 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 you're great players. You let things slide especially when they're playing well. You know, when, when you win, Skip, winning masks a lot. There are a lot of issues that, 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 that go unresolved because you're winning. And then when you start to lose, they'll rear its head to the, you know, that's a lot that's going on in Denver with the Russell Wilson situation. Yep. You'll overlook a lot of things if you were winning. I but because it. he's not winning, you're like, well, this is the reason why, and this is the reason why. And that's kind of what's going on with Tom. Nobody would Skip, if they were 7-0, Nobody would have mentioned about the 11 days that he missed in training camp. No. Nobody would have mentioned about he flew to New York to go see his former owner's a wedding. Yep. Nobody would have cared about that. But when you lose, now we got the question, okay, Tom, I mean, I mean, t- really, knowing the Tom Brady that I know, I don't believe, I don't believe, now I could be wrong, but I don't believe in this 20 years if that situation would have arisen, I don't, I don't believe either. Tom Brady's going. I, I don't either, even though Bob Kraft is like a father to him, right? Right. Okay. So here's the quote that leaped out and caught my eye and my ear. He was talking on his podcast about he was doing treatment with Alex Guerrero, and he, he started talking about, and you can relate to this, he, he said, this sport that, that I've chosen is so hard to play. It, it, it challenges you in every area, physically, mentally, and emotionally. It does. I, I don't think any game challenges you in those three areas like your sport that you played. Because it's just so hard. Right. And it just keeps coming at you and coming at you. And everybody keeps getting a little better. And when you least expect it, Pittsburgh rises up and beats the Buccaneers. Or Chicago demolishes the New England You Patriots. know why football is the toughest? Because when Aaron Judge is in the batter box, ain't nobody trying to knock his no, block off. No. Or when Kevin Durant is rising up for 13, for 18 or 27 feet, nobody's trying to knock his block off. That quarterback's dropping back the pass, and he's trying to do his job, yep. and somebody's trying to put their helmet up on his chin okay. or try to put this helmet in his back. So his point was, this is where you get challenged. This is where you yeah. reach down and you find out what you're made of. So my last point to you is, I just detailed to you in that first year with the Suckineers, the Chicago game, the New Orleans game, the Rams game, 
he was pretty pathetic in those three games. And they went and won the Super Bowl as the fifth seed. That's why I'm not giving up on him. But it feels like it needs to start now. They're in a pretty easy di- division. Oh, yeah, that's, but that's, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm here to predict. I'm not going to predict the game just yet. But I'm here to say you're going to see what, whatever's left in the Buccaneers, you, you'll see it on Thursday night because this is desperate. Skip, I'll agree, I'll agree with you. They did lose those games. But I don't think there was a stretch of games. It was He played bad in those games. Yeah. But the games before those games, he played well. The games after those games, we've seen a stretch in which we've never seen Tom Brady play like this before. I think, and Skip, he's different now. He was 43 then. He's 45 now. Okay. This is a different team now. Well, also, this team isn't nearly as good as that team was because the cupboard was not bare. But see, that's what happened with players. What did they do, Skip? Let's bring everybody back. That's why a lot of, a lot of GMs, a lot of coaches are like, no, nah, we, we got to break this thing up because we're never going to be the same, guys. Now they don't look the same <laughs> at all. <laughs> they don't. Whew. Sequels are never as good. Guys, one thing to keep in mind when predicting this game, Antoine Whitfield Jr., Pro Bowl defensive back, he suffered a concussion on Sunday versus the Browns, and Todd Bowles says he is likely not going to play on Thursday. That's a blow to Tampa's defense. That's the tool. Okay, guys, what did Jerry Jones have to say about Dak's big return on Sunday? You're going to want to hear it, and we're going to play it for you. That's next (laughs) on the other side of this break. (laughs) Getting to the football. Like it or not. All in favor, raise your hands. My old Micah, 11 from heaven. We go in the church. We gon' have confession. My old Micah, 11 from heaven. 11 from the Cowboys. Perfection. My newest addition to my jersey collection. Can you see this? 11 from heaven. That Cowboys defense. The offense where the question marks are, right? So when asked about what he wanted to see from Dak Prescott that the quarterback did not show in his return, Jerry Jones said, quote, I'd like to see him get more chances with the run pass option because to me, that does a lot of things that get him out of the pocket. I think that's some of his best football. Shannon, now the Jerry Jones jewel, do you like or have a problem with what Jerry Jones had to say? I hated it. Because he's second guessing his coaching. So now Jerry Jones is basically saying, I know better than what my coaches, what would work best for this team. Listen, 
Jerry Jones does not know formations. He don't know. He doesn't know fronts. He doesn't know coverages. Jerry Jones is not sitting up in his office looking at film of what defenses are doing. He's not. All he's getting is, is, is write-ups about the, the install, about what they're going to do, and that's what Jerry does. And he just comes out here, regurgitates what he's heard somebody says on one of these channels about run-pass option with Dak Prescott. That's not through analysis of him watching film, him watching the Cowboys play. That's not what he's doing. But I hate that, that, he, that, that, that he does this to his coaches. I believe the coaches, first of all, Dak is not 22 anymore. Dak Prescott said, if it means putting myself in harm's way or throwing the ball from the pocket, I'm going to throw the ball from the pocket. Dak has a different mindset now, Skip, because he's like, I got hurt running, scrambling. I ain't trying to do that anymore. Dak, can Dak do that? Yes. But Dak is, is more of a pocket passer than, say, a Kyler or a Lamar who relies on their legs and they throw better on the move. Yep. Okay, that's fine. But for Jerry to come out here and say, well, I, I would like to see that, basically trying to plant a seed in, in Mike McCarthy and, and, and Kellen Moore's mind, guys, it, it just, he would just be tough. To, he would just be tough to coach for because he's constantly putting me in a situation where my team looks at me and like, nah, they put that in there. What do you think everybody's thinking? <laughs> that came from Jerry. That ain't, that ain't what you wanted, Mike. That's not what you – we had We had all camp. We had seven weeks, five weeks of practice. Well, a couple of weeks of practice before Dak and now, and now this. They see that show up. They're like, see, this is why the coach for the Cowboys never have authority over the team mm. because they always know they can circumvent whatever you say. I just go to Jerry, something they never could with Jimmy. Yep. Can you imagine somebody try to go circumvent Jimmy and go talk to Jerry? They wouldn't been on that team. You already know how Jimmy Johnson rolled. Jimmy Johnson gonna trim the fat. This is this is this is ridiculous. I hope Dak doesn't listen to Jerry, and I hope he listens to uh, uh, Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy because I believe they're putting Dak in a situation where he can succeed. Yep. Okay, I appreciate every word you just uttered because they're all true. I'm going to reiterate what I said going into the season. My team will go as far as 11 from heaven. My oh, Micah takes this team along with his defense. It's all about the defense because only the defense coached by Dan Quinn can rise above A, the owner operator, <laughs> and B, the, the puppet of a head coach. Right. He, that's all he is, is just a puppet. And Jerry is the puppet master. Why does Dak Prescott call Jerry? publicly coach Jerry. Well, it's derisive. It's sarcastic, I believe, because they don't really love each other. Right. And, and he just saying, well, he's the coach. Right. Well, yeah, he is. he's the coach. <laughs> okay, so the reporter said that it took Jerry like 37 seconds to think about this before he answered because he's weighing in his mind, how am I going to say this? Should I say this? Mm, yes, I'm going to go. Right. He is a plunger by nature, so he plunges. Because you know how it's going to come off. <laughs> now he's trying to, as Al Davis taught him to do in 1989 when he bought the team, coach the coach. Well, you don't coach the coach publicly. You can coach him privately Thank if you. you so choose. But th th this undermines the coach. It, it emasculates the coach and the coordinator. But Al probably should have told, told Jerry, but you know I was a coach. Yeah, so, right. I, I was I, a coach, a so real I, live coach in the AFL. I mean, he coached professional football yes, coach. Yes, and he was also commissioner. The commissioner of the AFL. 
Okay, so Jerry played college football, but I've told you again and again, I spent so much time around him. He doesn't have that innate knack of feeling, knowing right. what, what works in football. What, what happens to Jerry is he sits up there in the owner's box at Philadelphia, and he watches three straight third downs, third and five, third and five, third and one, and he watched Jalen Hurts beat you with his legs, beat you with his legs, beat you with his legs. And Jerry's like, I want me some of that. Right. Well, my guy used to do that. Yeah, he did. But we saw what happened against the Giants in 2019 in, what was it, the fifth game of the year. Mm-hmm. It's career-threatening because Logan Ryan actually horse collars him from the front. It's like the weirdest play I think right. I've ever seen. Not a back horse collar, a front, grab you, pull you down, and your ankle buckles and cracks. Yes. And it's terrible. And it requires a couple of surgeries to get it right. Right. career threatening. Well, now let's hark back to 2018. Dak has won one playoff game for the Dallas Cowboys, and a, maybe the key play in the game is a third down, third and long. I have it here somewhere. If we could see what happened. Like third and 12. Third and 14. I can't and find you guys got, he got 14. Here. Yeah, and he, he got 16, I believe. Okay. I think it was third and 14. He got 16 on the play. If we could see it against the Seattle Seahawks. Third and 14. Yep. And he goes up the middle, and boom, he kind of goes Elway, helicopter, yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. I watched him a lot at Mississippi State, and I would quantify him, qualify him as a running quarterback yeah. at Mississippi State. But but he can't run like Lamar. Right. He can't run like Kyler. Yeah. I, I'm not even sure he can run like Jalen or Justin right. Fields. Right. But no, – Give me – what, 240, 245? No. Okay. So – he now when I watch him run, we, we watch the rollout play. So Jerry's questioned the first play of the game the other day. Well, he, he's, he's been out for five weeks, and they, they tried to roll him the wrong right. way to right. his left. Right. And he's going to throw across his body because they want to get him an easy throw to Noah Brown. Right. And if, if we see the play, he, he's throwing across his body, and he's over-amped, and he throws it a little high and right. wild. And, okay, that, and, and Jerry's second-guessing this, saying, I think he could have run for seven yards. Well, well, that wasn't the point of the play. Exactly. The point was to get him in the flow of it, and right. you don't want him to, to run and get banged up. Is it fair to say that at this point in Dak's career, he's getting a little fragile? Because it <sighs> seems like every time I look up, there's something else that's a little bit wrong with him. But, Skip, that play was a little hot. But, Noah Brown, that's a receiver in the Okay, NFL. I know. you got to catch it. <laughs> but, but with Dak, he's never, with Cooper Rush, he looked like a pro bowler. Yeah. With Dak, he's never been anything. Remember the, the throw yeah. against the Raiders in yeah. overtime on Thanksgiving? I thought it was catchable. It wasn't a great throw, but, right. but he dropped it. Right. Okay? So th- they don't have any rapport yet, maybe – Dalton Schultz will save Dak in the ways that he couldn't save. But I agree with you, Skip. That was the first series. The man's been out for five weeks. They roll him away from normally a right-handed quarterback. You normally fake the ball to the left and then roll to his right. But they did it the opposite of that. So now you got to open up your hips. It's a little bit a more difficult throw. But Dak is more than capable of making that throw. But now all of a sudden, oh, he should have (laughs) run. So you're second-guessing the first play of a game that you finally, thanks to your defense, pulled away and won handily, right? And guess who got a copy of the – guess who got a copy? Jerry Jones gets a copy of, of the first play that they run. Jerry Jones, he, he watched Oh, it. you mean he got a script? Yeah, you got a script of what they're going to do? That's true. I would agree. He, he does. <laughs> so here's the quote that jumped out at me. Make no mistake about it. This is Jerry Jones. Make no mistake about it. Dak is going to be part of our running game going forward. 
Well, that sounds like an edict, a mandate. Exactly. From the owner-operator GM who tells the coaching staff, you will do this or you will pay for it, right? Yeah. And, and Dak is like, okay, maybe on 31, I'll do a quarterback sneak. <laughs> but if y'all think I'm finna run what y'all saw Justin Fields run, where Skip, they blocked down and they pulled the a tackle around, and I, no. Or you see Josh Allen. They do a lot of that with Josh Allen, Skip. We saw Lamar. They put, they put the tight end, Mark Andrews, on her. He tosses it to Lamar. He did. No, they're not going to do Dak, that. Dak says, I'm not that. I don't know. I, Dak, I, I, Dak says, I'm not that. You lost me on this because every time I turn around, it's broken thumb or it's strained oblique or whatever that thing was back in camp. Isn't it one thing after yeah. another? Well, if that's the case, get why you want him running? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I get it. Every once in a while, if you, if you want to try a little trick him with a read option here and there, but he, he said, I want six or seven times a game. for We want called runs for Dak Prescott. He ain't running I, that. I, is, is Jerry saying, I want more bang for my bucks that I'm paying you? I, I need you to live up to your contract? Yeah, but I mean, maybe Lamar. I, I don't even know now. I mean, it's not like they call a lot, a lot of Lamar stuff. They don't call as, as many design runs for yeah. Lamar as they once did. You're asking, you're asking for trouble when you subject yourself because now they're going to treat him like a running back. They ain't no more. He, he, he loses all the protection skill about dropping your body weight down on yep. him and hitting him this way and hitting him that way. He loses all that protection. So why would you, why would you throw meat to the, to, to the wolves? I don't know. I'm fine with him standing <laughs> right in the pocket and throwing. If he can but, but that's, escape yeah. from the pocket occasionally and throw on the run, I'm good with that. Like, like I said, it's, it's nice that that can get himself out of harm's way. But why, if, if Brady, Brady doesn't need to have Lamar Jackson's legs, mm. He can throw just fine from the pocket. But if that can throw the ball from the pocket, why must we why must we run? Because that looks enticing because, man, you see what Josh Allen did? You see what Lamar did? Okay, so bottom line to this is Jerry is constantly publicly trying to prove his football knowledge. No, he, absolutely. And, and he's doing it for his circle of friends, yeah. people he wants to impress. He wants to go on the record with the, the gathered reporters. I, I think Dak's needs to run more. In fact, I, I am going to command that he runs more because that will prove his football acumen to his friends. That's all he cares. This is about Jerry's ego speaking. That's it. Because if you really cared about winning, then you just you could sit down with the coaches and say, hey, help me out here. Let, let's kick this around. Why don't we run him a little bit more? And then let Kellen Moore chime in. Let Mike McCarthy chime right. in. Heck, let Dan Quinn chime in. Let, let's hear what the coaches have right. to say. Well, that's how you handle that. You figure it out. I, I think the thing is, Skip, is that I'm not so sure that he trusts Mike McCarthy. He gives all this speech. He's been there and done that. He don't do this with Dan Quinn. Mm -mm. He'll never say Dan Quinn. He never said uh, 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 Michael Parsons needs to rush more. Even though a lot of people request, like, why are we dropping him in coverage? Uh, I don't know. Why do we got him running with this tight end up the scene? Yep. Jerry never did that to Dan Quinn. No. He trusted that they knew what they were doing with this young man. And, hey, it's all going to work out. Now, all of a sudden, anything, Mike McCarthy, should he should have threw the flag. It, that better not happen again. Okay, so bottom line, <laughs> my team is going to have to win in spite of Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy. Well, you got a lot. In of, spite of. So, in other words, you got three things. You got the team to overcome. You got Mike McCarthy. The opposing team, you got to overcome <laughs> them. You got to overcome Jerry, and you got to overcome Mike McCarthy. Okay, but I got my old Micah. You still got to overcome Jerry. Yep, I agree. I think Mike Box can Bet do Sportsbook it. has the line at nine and a half. It'll be interesting That'll to see drop. what your Cowboys decide to do with Dak come Sunday, Skip. It's a marquee matchup on the NFL on Fox 1 Eastern.
All right, still to come this morning here on FS1, will the Lakers trade Russell Westbrook sooner oh rather than later? It is a burning question. Skip and Shannon will weigh in. I was when hoping we come in June. <laughs> The Lakers reportedly expected to resume trade talks with the Jazz later this season, trying to move Russell Westbrook. Reports say the Lakers offered Westbrook, future first-rounder and second-rounder, for Bogdan Bogdanovich before Utah decided to instead send him to the Pistons. Three Utah players that could now be part of a potential Russ deal? Jordan Clarkson, there's some shooting for you, Mike Conley, and Rudy Gay. All right, Shannon. Will the Lakers be able to trade Westbrook here? If it's even now, never. I don't know if this deal was on the table. Or I don't. I for me, Skip. Oh, let's see what with LeBron healthy, AD healthy. How Rush doesn't fit them. He doesn't complement what they don't do well. He doesn't do well enough to complement their weaknesses. So it makes no sense. What are you waiting for? You talk about well. Let's wait to Thanksgiving. Skip by Thanksgiving, you might be twenty games out of it. You're 20 games, out, 20 games out of it. What team wants to help the Lakers? Man, you know what? Man, this show, I, I feel bad for the Lakers, man. Let me go ahead and trade them of some good players so they can get back. What? What? Skip, look, the first week of the season has been a circus. Russ poor play, winless start, constant trade rumors. They don't have shooters. Russ is averaging 10 points a game. He's shooting 29% from the floor. He's shooting 8% from the three. Oh, it's not. No, all of this because they don't have anybody that can shoot the ball. Mm -hmm. So it is not all on Russ. It is not. But I just don't understand what, what you're holding on to him for. It's not going to get any better. I had Magic Johnson on the podcast and he had some advice for Russ because, Skip, I think Magic is the perfect guy. You know this. I'm old enough to remember this. Magic was, was the finals MVP in 1980. He and his coach, Paul Westhead, had a falling out because all of a sudden, Paul Westhead wanted to walk the ball up the court. Mm -hmm. Magic said, I'm done. Dr. Buss is either him or me. Dr. Buss decided to go with Magic. The fans booed him. Guess what he did? He came back in 82 and won another finals MVP. He did. They lost. They got swept in 83 by the Sixers. They go back to the finals in 84. So here's the guy in five years. He goes to four finals and wins two finals MVP. He loses to Boston. They named him Tragic Magic Johnson. They did. Just booed him. Yeah. Booed the brakes off him. Mm -hmm. He said, you know what? I didn't fight the media. I didn't get upset at the fans. I decided to play better. He said, man, I went out there. He said, man, I went out there that summer. I said, I'm going to get better. Came back 85 and won the title. But, but he already had some cachet but, underneath him. Skip, yeah. that's my point. Yeah, I, I the man it. had two finals MVP and they still booed no, him. No, I got it. So how does Russ think he's going to be exempt with his poor play from being booed yep. because he's a native son. Do you, uh, I believe, some say Kobe, I believe Magic Johnson has the most compelling case to be the greatest Laker. Mm -hmm. They booed him. So Russell think he's exempt from that. He hadn't won a title. Skip, it's not going to get, and he says, quit trying to fight the media. Mm -hmm. He's all you got to do is say, you know what, I played bad. I'm not playing well. My job, I need to play better. But you fight with the media and fight with the fans, ain't going to cut it. No. I, I, if you could have done this in July, why let August, September, here we are, October, and you're talking about Thanksgiving? Skip, what are you waiting on? It's not going to get any better. Mm. Okay. 
I am so sick and tired of this story. <laughs> and now we have a renewed outcry from Laker Nation, which I see all over the Internet. Trade him. To whom? For what? How? Why? To your point, nobody out there is in business to save the L.A. Lakers. No. They're just not. Anybody who now acquires Russell Westbrook will have to deal with their fandom who will say, he's an embarrassment. What are we doing? Mm -hmm. Well, the only way you can get me is, is there a tanking team out there that would attempt to acquire Russ just to, to make sure that they tank where they're going to play him 38 minutes a game because they know what's going to happen. Disaster is going to happen. It's possible the commissioner would veto that trade to stop the tank, <laughs> right? Because we've seen commissioners veto trades before, yeah. right? It, it, he, he's virtually untradeable. If, if you're trading him for the right reasons, where somebody's going to acquire him to get better. But the, how? The, the, if, Skip, if he could help them get better, why would the Lakers trade him? If he was, if he, what you said, teams don't normally trade good players. Now, obviously, if the guy says, you know what, like Anthony Davis, I'm not going to re-sign. Yeah. So you might as well go ahead and trade, get something for me, because I'm not going to re-sign, and you're going to lose me for nothing. Kind of like what KD okay. did at OKC. And the Pels got a whole lot for him. They got a whole lot. They got the number four pick in the draft. They got three picks. They it, got a Brandon Ingram. They got Josh Hart. It, it's benefiting them as we speak. Yes. Go ahead. So, but who wants a point guard? That's averaging 10 points a game, shooting 29% from the floor, and, have, and shooting 8% from the three-point line. Now, I want someone out there. I want anybody that's ever played in the NBA or someone that follows closely. You tell me what team is willing to trade, like you said, who for what? For a point guard that's averaging 10 points, shooting less than 30% from the floor, not the three, the floor, layups included, and shooting 8% from the three-point line. You tell me the team that wants that. How does that? How does said player help that team? And said player last year, until the last three games when he sat, led the league in turnovers on top of poor shooting. You're, high, you're the highest turnover. I give him credit, Skip. He doesn't turn the ball over nearly as much. Not well, You've only played, what? Three, three game. games. Yeah. yeah, but he hasn't so far. The first game he turned over four times, right. and they were pretty ugly at yeah. Golden State. But since then, it's been pretty clean. Yes. I, I, don't, I, I don't know whether to laugh or cry when I read this on the Internet because it, it's like Laker fans think, oh, we'll just go ahead and trade him. Let's, let, we're done with him, so trade him. Right. How? Somebody has to. Skip, anytime you make a trade or you barter something, Skip, it has to be something the other party wants. Yeah, he makes $47 million. $47 yeah. million? Who wants to take on $47 million for this? Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to trade you grain, uh, okay, what are you going to trade me? Are you going to trade me, like, you know, agriculture? You're going to trade me what? I mean, you going to trade me livestock? What? I mean, I got to get something out of the deal. I'm just not going to give you something. For something that I don't need or don't okay. want. But we know where the sticking point is. Somebody might take him off your hands for those two future picks, but they have their unprotected first-round picks in 27 and 29. They're going to want to buy him out, Skip. Okay, and they want to buy him out, but he doesn't want to he, – he still thinks he's Russell Westbrook. You get the same thing I get, man. Every time I walk out, somebody, oh, man, when are we going to get off Russ, man? Man, we just – well, well, Okay, okay, I got uh, it. Y'all yeah. need to ask – will y'all see Rob Link out? Y'all need to ask him that. Don't ask me because I ain't got no – I got no – no power to trade Russ. No, nor do you have 
a solution for no. trading Russ. I'd have never traded for him. Well, I know. And you, to your credit, you were on the record anti-LeBron. No, no, no. Nope. Buddy Heald on the table from Sacramento. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. I get Buddy Hill is not a superstar. No. And Russ was a super, I guess, you know, they say he was a superstar at the time. Yeah. But it didn't make sense. It just it just did not make sense for what LeBron and AD needed. And now it doesn't make sense that you're going to be able to trade him. I, I don't get it. Well, I just, I mean. Lakers at Nuggets tomorrow night, guys. Uh-oh. Can Russell Westbrook fit in any better? Time will tell. Okay, did last night's loss prove Belichick needs Tom Brady? That's next on Undisputed. <laughs> Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, three and four. Brady's under 500 through seven games for the first time since 2002. While Bill Belichick and the Patriots were also three and four after they were upset last night by the Bears at home. Shannon, right now, is Brady missing Belichick more or is Belichick missing Brady more? I think Brady's missing Belichick more, but not for the reason that I bet you think it's Skip. I think he misses the structure that Belichick provided. I think the undisciplinedness that he sees on his football team, the, uh, the, uh, the lack of accountability that he sees on his football team, that's rubbing Tom Brady the, the, because he keeps saying, you know, we just got to do the little things, the little things. The little things were never the issue in New England because Coach Belichick drove a tight ship. And Tom misses that. Skip, Tom has gotten everything that he wanted. He wanted Todd Bowles. He, he wanted all these players to come back, to redo it again, and they were going to get better, and they were going to do it again. So he's gotten that. But I think sometimes as players, we get too close to players. Coach Belichick has never had that problem. Coach Belichick has always treated NFL players like college. After four years, you're probably going to be up out of here. So I'm not about to get too close to you. And he definitely didn't get close to Tom Brady. Maybe that rubbed Brady a little the wrong way because he could have given me a – come on, bro. I'm not saying we got to be buddies and we go arm in arm. But give me a little credit. Take your boy out to lunch every once in a while. Pat me on the back. Pat me on the head. True. You know, sometimes, you know, my grandfather used to do, man, my brother, we did something good. He pat us on the top. Let's tell we did a good job. That is Every true. once in a while. Yep. So, Skip, I think that is the reason why, Tom, look, sure, Coach Belichick would like to win games. Mm. But you know Coach Belichick got to win games his way now. And Tom allowed him to do that. But I think Coach, I think Brady misses the structure. Skip, when you're in structure for 20 years, and I know the first thing, you know, I think people can relate to this. When you got a, a father and he's tight on you, the first chance you get, you go to college, you get up on your own, boy, oh, 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 I ain't coming in. I ain't coming in at 2, 3 in the morning. I ain't out of no clothes. I ain't picking up nothing. And then you realize, man, I miss that structure. I miss that discipline. There's a reason why things went according to plan and things were smooth sailing when I was came in at a certain time and got my proper rest and had the house, uh, yada, yada, yada. Sometimes you don't miss things until they're gone. And I think, Coach, I think Tom Brady misses that structure and that discipline that Coach Belichick provided. Yeah, Coach Belichick, sure he misses Tom. But I think Tom misses what Coach Belichick provided because in that environment, Tom was able to thrive. Okay, I, I hear you. And there's some truth to what you're saying. But in the biggest picture, it's a quarterback's game, and Belichick doesn't have a quarterback. He has two, which means he has none. I told you from the start, as much as I respect young Mac Jones, I do think his head has grown a little bit, and he will also always leave you wanting a little more. 
he's this good, but he's not that good. Right. And it's hard to step into the winged cleats of Tom Brady. It's yeah. just hard, man. He's the greatest player ever. And you can't tell me that Belichick, deep down, is so desperate that last night he's thinking, I'm going to spring Bailey Zappi <laughs> on the world on Monday Night Football, and I'm going to show him I got my next Brady. It's going to be Brady Zappi, right? Yeah. And he tried, and he failed. And it was it was crazy, and it was foolish, and it was desperate. Yes. So he, he's forever, the rest of his career, he's going to be trying to find another Brady that you cannot find. So in the big picture, obviously, Brady's missing Belichick. But in the smaller picture, I don't want to take anything away from Todd Bowles. I do think he's diluted his duties to, to the point that it's he, he's having to neglect his total focus <clears throat> on the defensive unit, and that hurts that team because – they can't stop anybody on defense. Now, you could say they just don't have the horses anymore after there's no JPP, well, I, there's I think, no Sue. Yeah, but Devin White is not playing up to no, his capabilities. He's Carlton Davis is not no. playing up to his well, capabilities. Well, he didn't even play last week. Yeah, so. but, but the week before that, he, he was not playing. He gave us some plays against the Steelers that I, – I, I agree. I was like, where are you? Yeah. Okay? So maybe Belichick – could sort of, so to speak, crack the whip a little more yes. in the locker room and refocus everybody, yes. and there'd be a fear of failure that maybe Todd, who's a good human, he's just a good human, maybe he's not instilling the fear because they didn't show up twice in a row. I think it started when Brady didn't show up for the flight to Pittsburgh. Well, you can't instill any fear because your head coach that was there you won a Super Bowl with got bumped upstairs. He did. The thing is, is that everybody knew Tom Brady was not more powerful than Bill Belichick. Tom Brady had That's a consistent. True. I'll give you that. Tom Brady had a consistent practice schedule. Tom Brady was not going to some wedding. I don't care who it was on a Friday night before a Sunday game. That was not going to happen. Yes, he won a championship outside of the Patriot, but he brought the Patriot way. He but did. the guy that started the Patriot way was Coach Belichick. I just believe the structure. Yep. Troy will attest to this. He knows. He said the thing that we missed most about Jimmy was the structure. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy yeah, Johnson yeah. was the structure. No, I, you Mary, want to talk about a structure? Oh, <laughs> my God. I, yeah. When you've been in that structure, uh, uh, me with, with being player with Mike Shanahan, oh. it was this, 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 this. There was no late. There was no overweight. You no. Out, no, 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 no. Mike no. wasn't playing that boy, John. No. no. I got you. <laughs> right now, both of them are in big trouble. You think about, they might link back up after this year? They might link back up after this year. There's sure. no linking to be linked. <laughs> no. It might happen. You no never know. You can not go home again. Dorothy All right, did. guys, moving yeah, on. We've did. got more details with that Mike Evans and referee interaction in the oh, tunnel that we Lord. ended with yes. yesterday. Crazy situation. We'll give you all the fine-tuned talking points on the other side of this break. The NFL reviewed a video that appeared to show Bucks wide receiver Mike Evans giving autographs to two referees. However, following conversations with the individuals involved, the league determined that the referees were not, no, not asking for an autograph. Shannon, big deal or not a big deal? The NFL is full of it. It's a huge deal because it has the look of impropriety. It now, does. the 20-year official, Jeff Lambrecht, Skip, if you don't want to ask you them, guess where you went to college at? Don't know. I'll give you one guess. Boy, Mike Evans go to college. Texas A&M. Oh, my goodness. 
So now all of a sudden, Mike Evans is walking up the tunnel. The officials are behind him. He doesn't know. They have to call out his name. He stops turning around. Now run that video again. Can now we you see this? The, the, aren't, aren't they exchanging paper and maybe they, he's maybe, signing something? Did he ask for his phone number? Well, I got a daughter I want you to meet. Well, Mike Evans is married. Man, stop. NFL, see, this, this, see, this is the problem I got. With, signing something. Skip, this is what I got the problem with the NFL. Because even when, they, when I see with my own eyes, they say, don't believe what you saw. Don't believe what you saw. And they, they provided no explanation for what did happen. They yeah. said it wasn't asking for autographs. So what was it? I don't know. I, I, I've never seen the official card. I mean, sometimes they have cards, and I've never seen the official card. I've never walked up to official, never have a conversation. I know a few of them. Uh, uh, one of my college teammates is an, is an umpire. Roy Ellison, Stump. We call mm -hmm. him Stump. He was a center. Skip this. This is some book. Come on, NFL. Man. One other instance, it happened in 95. An official went into the Green Bay Packers locker room, got an autograph from Brett Favre. He never official, officiated another game after that season. Mm -hmm. He was also fined $2,000. This is a bad look, NFL, because, Skip, what do you always hear? Oh, that game was rigged. That thing. Oh, yeah, Jerry Jones called in. The yep. NFL didn't want that to happen. Yep. And now you got this? Deeply disturbing. The more I watched this yesterday, the worse it got. This is threatening the very credibility of the most popular game Thank in you. this country. Thank you. People got to believe what they're it, watching it, is on the up and up. Yeah, and you can't tell me that doesn't look wrong. It just looks wrong. And, and I needed an explanation. If you gave me an explanation, there was some official card or something. I, I don't know. I don't know anything because no. I, I don't know that there is a, an nothing. explanation. No. And it just so happens that the guy that gave the card went to the same university as Mike Evans. And now all of a sudden, Mike Evans, take, he got a pen or something, and he's writing something on the card. But the NFL said he wasn't requesting an article. Stop it. NFL, come on now. Even when my eyes see it, you tell me not to believe. Now, you never, if a player tell you what something didn't happen, you never believe that. What a player, if a no, player tell that's, you. That's a fact. Shannon, this is as close to me as you can get. You can say I'm overstating, but I'm not. This is as close as you can get to taking a bribe to throw a game. Yeah. This is, you, you can't act like you're befriending or, or that, that you're a fan of. Yeah. You I mean, I, I can assure you, they, they cut this out. I was talking to a buddy of mine that used to official uh, uh, NBA games. He said the NBA cut this out because, obviously, that's Michael Jordan. I, wouldn't you like to get a jersey or a pair of shoes or something like that? He'd gladly give you one. Yeah, of course, because yeah. he's going to expect to call yeah. at some point in time or Magic or Bird or Dr. J. Yeah. They said, no, no. There's a reason. You can't do this, Skip. You can't. It just It's just the look of impropriety. Skip, it might have been innocent. And he might have just gave the man an autograph and nothing happened. It might, nothing might ever no, happen. That's not but that's But that's not how, Wrong. that's not the perception. A person's perception is their reality. Yeah. Even though it's not always the truth. But if I perceive that, that is my truth. Yep. So the next bad call, people are going to say, wonder See, if he asked for an autograph. Yeah, he should have gave, uh, gave him an autograph. Yeah. The jokes will be flowing with this yep. one, no doubt, guys. Okay, still to come, right move or wrong move for the Colts to bench a former MVP? Yeah. That's yeah. next here on Undisputed. All right, Frank Reich has named Sam Ellinger, the Colts' starting quarterback now over Matt Ryan for the rest of this season. In seven games, 
Matty Ice has had nine interceptions, and he's also dealing with a shoulder injury. Shannon, how surprised were you that Reich made this change? Well, I'm looking at Matt Ryan's numbers in his play. I'm not surprised at all, Skip. The quarterback that can't move is a dying breed. Uh, Matt Ryan is less mobile than Tom Brady, and that's saying something. Lead the league with nine interceptions. Tied for the most with 11 fumbles, although he's only lost three. Mm. With the offensive line being in flux like it is, Jonathan Taylor being in and out of the lineup, Matt, Re- Matt Ryan is not the reason they're losing, but he's not the reason they're winning either. Mm. And so, Skip, uh, he was supposed to be better than Carson Wentz. And right now, he's not playing better than what Carson Wentz played for them last year. Mm. I thought he was supposed to be the savior. I thought they stole him. I thought the first year that we started this show, he won the MVP of the National Football League, mm-hmm. right? Hey, guess what? And now they need somebody to save Private Ryan. Yep, that is true. <coughs> so all the years I covered this game, I was always taught that as you hit 38, you hit the wall. Quarter, all the studies showed 38-year-old quarterbacks are too old. Well, he's 37, so he's eight years younger than that guy in Tampa right. who shattered the mold so completely that everybody's expecting Matt Ryan to go forward past stage 37, and he hit the wall. Well, Skip, the thing is, those are that's an anomaly. I mean, you guys like like Brady that played well. Warren Moon was an anomaly that could play yep. at 40. But Tom Brady, I mean, you were probably – you probably see guys playing longer, but to ask a guy to play at that level and to play into his mid to late 40s, I don't believe we're going to see that again. And people need to stop fooling themselves. What t- Tom Brady did it, bruh, really? One of one. Yeah, stop. Yep. Just because he did it doesn't mean you're going to get 15 guys that can do it. Yeah, this Ellinger kid's pretty good. He used to haunt my Sooners. Uh, that ain't saying much. No. But y'all, you know, well, it used to be. <laughs> y'all what? Lost like three Guys, games in a row. Guys, NFL on Fox Crew no, really. has this game on Sunday, so I'm excited to see Ellinger in person. Great show. We're out of time, though.